Who knows more about music than us? The device is a black podcast playing all genres with a sprinkle pop culture and a shit ton of food. If you're not from DC, you probably don't know what size you And it's from Yellowshirt. Actual recording is higher quality. Why they take you down so bad? You take down to the ground every single time. I'm in your town. Oh my god! <laughs> hey y'all, what's it giving? Hey, it's cold. <laughs> it's so cold in the pee. Listen, how the fuck was you supposed to keep peace? Listen, that's real. Okay, it's more chilly in DC than I would like as well. I just got back from Basel, and... I was about to say, we just came back from Miami. Did we see each other? No. A tale of two art Basels, but... <laughs> tale of two art Basels is nuts. It is too cold for where I was just at, and it wasn't even that hot in Miami, to well, be fair, because I was definitely putting a little piece of leather jacket on. Yeah. I'm, well, I was not, but I didn't get a tan, because it wasn't hot. Yeah. It was super sunny. Exactly. I had a ball, though. I'm going every year. It's an annual trip now. Tell me all about your trip, because I know nothing about your trip, even though we were literally three miles away from each other for four days. Walking distance down, didn't see dog. But you <laughs> also, like in life, just wake up way earlier than me. So but I did, but to be fair, I didn't go outside until like 11 each day. Oh, that's early. Oh. <laughs> if I don't have to go to work, that's early. I mean, not to be up and about, I was down to the Publix around 12, getting my pubs up. Love a Publix, because definitely went. Listen, it's not one in D.C. or Philly, so we had to uplift the honor of the AUC and go back to our roots. Them sandwiches be so fucking good. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I love it. I'm, and I always say, I've gotten the same sandwich since 2003. What you put on your sandwich? I always get the chicken tender wrap with... <laughs> Well, I used to do provolone cheese, but once the chipotle gouda came out, I switched to chipotle gouda, mayo, honey mustard, lettuce, tomato, and banana peppers. Bomb. Always in my order. I, too, am a child of the chipotle gouda, but I get the jerk turkey. Oh, she. I love jerk turkey. And back in the day, I actually have a little bit of a gripe with Publix that I'm just going to dispel for everybody. They used to like chop up your sandwich on a griddle or like a big grill stove situation, like it was a Philly cheesesteak. But now they got these fancy ass pull out ovens. They think they quiz knows. <laughs> they like, you want to heat it up? No, I want it cold, baby. <laughs> I want to heat it up. Oh. <laughs> you need to cool down. But I want it down first. <laughs> and they don't do that no more. But I mean, I guess they elevated and found. I love it. I'm on the fence. <laughs> Karen, you can say, I am the fence. You ride me. <laughs> the lady is so crazy. I don't. Wait, the audio is out of um, Jonathan Majors yelling at her about um, Michelle Obama being Michelle Obama. Uh, yeah, I saw that and I didn't press play. Uh, Oh, I press play. I don't know about to listen, but go ahead. Let me let me be professional and pretend I'm recording the podcast right now. I mean, we we can definitely get to him, but 
mean, he don't, got, he don't sing, so it don't got nothing to do with um, R&B. Oh, fair. Basil was great, though. I had a ball. I definitely, like I said, will be going every year. It's on the docket for an annual thing at this point. It wasn't as crazy as I know that it could have been, but that's because I'm an adult and I didn't allow it to be. So Thursday and Friday, I did my hopping around. Saturday, I had like one specific thing I wanted to do. So that was the main event. Sunday, I had a couple, like I went to go hang out with Leah and them. I met up with Robert Van. I saw my homegirl, Amy, like people that I don't usually get to see when I go to Miami, they actually like live there because them two homegirls live there. And... Then I went to Koyo for their little R&B party. Duce was sponsoring that joint. I slid in because I knew somebody at the door and loved that for me. What's Koyo? It's this, like, famous taco spot in Wynwood, but it uh, turns into, like, a, it has a bar in the back, and it turns into, like, this R&B situation on Sunday nights. So that happens every weekend in Miami anyway, but it was bigger because of Basil. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Everyday People the day before that, Half of those people was there. Well, not half, because everyday people was packed to capacity. Honestly. And nobody was dancing from the videos you sent, you posted. I was. I well, of course. Or <laughs> the party. As soon as you walk in this party, you gonna, whatever she say about your body. Soon as I walk in this party, I'ma let go of this body. I'm yeah, that be you. Nobody can judge me but me. I was I don't still really care for that song, but she performs it down. So Dude, we'll it, get to that. It made me care a little bit more. <laughs> Just a smidge. But yeah, definitely come to Koyo next time that we're in Miami at the same time so we can actually see you. You know I'm not going off. Okay. That was why we didn't hang out because you was doing stuff that made sense to do and I was being crazy. About I don't want to see nobody that I can't see at home and in my New York mind. And I just feel like all the everyday people and stuff would just be all the dick eaters that's in New York, you know. Which I was like, I didn't want to be around them in New York, so I'm not about to be in Miami and be around them. But my thing about everyday people now is I don't think that I could be wrong, but from my experience, it ain't like that no more. What you mean? Everyday people is like way more mixy than I feel like it was back when it was only. No, mixy. it was always mixy. That's why I never liked it. No shade, oh. Sada's my girl, and I've said this to her face. It's too, I'm not, yeah, y'all. Mm-hmm. I know I feel like I know the world, but I'm not a mixy doll. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go to stuff that's crowded and full of people not dancing and not knowing songs. But okay, so that's the thing. It's oh. different now in that. Maybe the people that was in the background of me wasn't dancing, but when I was actually in the crowd, the girls were twirling. And then on stage, they be giving like a little bit of ography. Don't let an Afro beat come on. The people be dropping it down and scrubbing the ground. Like, it gave that. There were a couple moments where I was like, should I run to the stage? Because you should have. I don't have time. I would have ganged. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody would have got the content. Nobody would have got the content. A lie. <laughs> you saw I got quiet. <laughs> a whole lot. Well, I was at Art Basel Arting. I went to my first day, I went to the Rubel Museum, which I had never been to, but a lot of my girls are in there. So I really mostly went to see the Basil Kincaid installation. Um, he is this fab young black quilt maker 
and he's in residence at the Rubel. Um, I screamed when I walked in there, and I didn't realize I did. But you know, just be like gagging, like I like audibly gagged, and everybody turned around. I was like, "Whoa, she okay?" But the room was so big, the quilts were so big. I kind of lost it. So that was cute. And then I went to the historic Hampton House Museum, which is a Black History Museum in um, Miami. If anybody saw um, One Night in Miami about Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and two other dolls, I'm blanking. I don't know why, but sorry to um, to them. That hotel that they were in at that whole night where they, you know, in the famous photos of M Malcolm X taking pictures of him at a restaurant, all of that was at that hotel. Let me just look up the whole thing. What's it called? One Night. And it was directed by um, Regina King. That movie was fab. It was so good. It did not get it, get the life that it deserved. I didn't like that. Okay, my bad. So it was Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown. Sam Cooke is who I was thinking about. Change my yeah. Um, And I'm wrong because Leslie played Sam Cooke. Shout out to Leslie. Shout out her friend. Um, <laughs> yes. I know Leslie. No, but like, you know everybody, so it's just funny. I, oh. I oh, he went to Freedom Theater with me. That's how I know him. Um, Will Brandon was working on the Hampton House project. That was why he was in Miami. Oh, the the art installation that they had? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they had like Nick Cave, Carrie Mae Weems, um, you know the girls. But then they had another art room that had work from this artist named Charles Hayu. Hey, am I saying his name right, Lord? It's been a long day, y'all. I've been in um, conferences. His last name is Mayhew. Was black artist Richard Mayhew. He's still alive. He's ninety nine. Still painting. Still iconic. And his work was also at the Hampton House. And then the next day, I was supposed to go to the main Art Basel Art Fair, but the traffic to get to Miami Beach was crazy. So shout out to Good Black Art. They hooked us all up, and I went to the Nada Art Fair, which was cute. Um, this artist that I was in residence with last year had a booth, Azikwe Muhammad. Shout out to Azikwe. Um, I should link the stuff that I do in real life. I did this artist residency with him. And it was all the, all, like a bunch of fab black artists were showing at NADA. And then I went to, I went to, oh, I went to the Prism Art Fair, which is the black. Okay, so Art Basel is at its core. Essentially, like, y'all ever go to, like, you know what magic is, cast people? Magic where if you work in fashion, it's a big conference at a, what, what a convention center. And it's different brands have different booths and all the different stores, boutiques, department stores. They come and look at the clothes and they buy the clothes um, for the upcoming season at their store. It's like a buyer's convention. Right. So that's essentially what like Art Basel at its core is. It's a huge, it's a, well now it's multiple art fairs, so multiple convention center setups where art collectors and people that love art and museum curators and scholars and all of that go to see art in one place, purchase art, acquire art, whatever. Yeah. So um, just because I feel like a lot of people wasn't, don't like not clear on what it is so anyway so there's a lot of different fairs and there's a black one that's called prism so i went to there's a lot of black um amazing black artists there and this one gallery is actually in upper marlboro no Bowie. fabulous work um and the guy was saying that a lot of his clients are from philly and i was like of course like everything in here looked like a rich black aunt in philly <laughs> um 
So yeah, so I had a great time, even though I don't work in like galleries anymore and I work in historic houses, not like art museums anymore or museums that have art in it anymore. It was just cute to like be back in the world a little bit. So I will definitely be going to Basel every year yeah. because I was, since I don't be trying to go to New York all the time and I don't feel like every time an artist I like has an opening, I don't feel like running up to New York mm-hmm. just for that one little hour experience. I would see everybody I like and then find out a whole about a whole bunch of artists I never knew existed in one weekend. So I'll be doing a cute like Thursday to Saturday, Thursday, Wednesday to Friday, Basel every year. Cause it was great. And I got to see a lot of my favorites and their amazing work. So I love that. Educational and fun. I don't want to make it seem like all I went out there for was food, fun, and frolicking, but I did hop into like the hip hop art museum or like the history of hip hop museum. There was this exhibit that I went to that was called Time is Happy. That was bomb. It was just like every different type of clock that could be made. And they was giving out free tequila, so had my name written all over it. That was Wait, what was the name of the museum? It so it wasn't a museum. You know how in Winwood sometimes they'll just open up a space for Basel. Oh, like a pop-up like, thing. I went to a lot of the different little pop-ups. So some of them didn't even have names on the oh. building, but it would be a name of like whatever that exhibit, whatever the artist, blah, blah, blah. And then I did also go to some of the little like store shops where they were selling some of the art and then the parties too, because I honestly RSVP for everything. <laughs> Nylon House tried it. You sent me this long ass Excel sheet. Oh, I'm for animations. I gagged. That Excel sheet was longer than Fair Street. <laughs> long out, long than the river now. No, okay. <laughs> now on my body. So. Oh, my song, Beyonce. <laughs> it was a great time. I'm sad that I missed the Victoria Monet and Tiana Taylor pop up because would have loved to have been in the land of the lesbians. I. What? I thought you said the land of the living. I wasn't expecting land of the lesbians. Oh. <laughs> Janelle Monet was making it rain on Victoria Monet while her and Tiana Taylor was dancing. I wanted to be in the sandwich. <laughs> then it was the same time as something else that I was going to, though. So it was just like, I can't be in two places at once. They didn't give me superpowers when I was born. Which one they did? My God. Who? Another song, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is not her episode, huh? But yeah, had a ball. We'll be going each time. And I feel like. The cast way more plugged in than they know because it was just giving move and groove and the whole DC was there. Like Cool Kid DC made an appearance for sure. I was bumping into people that I see at parties in stores. They was telling me come to stuff. Like they like all of all of this like networking was happening. It was really, really cute. And I need stuff like that in my life because I'd be tired of being at home. <laughs> That's mainly it. You be tired of being at home? You stay out or you mean like home is in DC? Home is in DC. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, but it's not always given go. But Miami up the street, so I could do that. Right. Being back home is kind of weird, but I'm not sad. Like, sometimes when I leave the city and go somewhere and have a good time and then come back, I'd be like, damn, I wish I was still there. But mm-hmm. I wish I was still there, but it's not like, damn. It's like, okay, I need to get back into my routine. Let me be an adult. That's, That's- it. It's about the end of the year. Bye. <laughs> I can't wait for my last week of work. Like I can't wait to just do nothing. Yeah, doing nothing is great. 
And I have to bake in time to do nothing. So sometimes when I'm busy, it's because that is my schedule lay down. <laughs> I love a schedule lay down. It's no Sade. What is Sade is these hot topics. Wow. <laughs> we can slide into news with the news because why do everybody want to be in jail so bad? It's still going on. Just to get on my nerves. This is the fourth episode, third or fourth episode of the cast where we have become the justice of the peace. The verdicts are still out, but they shouldn't be. Diddy gonna get locked up. I feel eventually it's gonna come down to further litigation than just these payouts because a lot more people have stepped to the stage, they at the podium screaming the names, and Diddy has released a little Instagram press release denying, denying, denying the lies, the lies, the lies, like Candy Burris said, about his disinvolvement in some of these allegations. Now, we have to say allegedly because we don't want to get sued. The cast don't have insurance like that. It's not, it's not giving that. But <laughs> I need my house. Don't take my house. <laughs> <laughs> but the amount of people that came to Cassie's defense, just like internet-wise, means that something is going on. And there was a, a TikTok that came out that kind of proved a point that I had been trying to figure out why no one had said yet, but the silence of his contemporaries and counterparts also kind of goes to show that something is afoot. Well, they can't say nothing because then they allegations going to start coming out. So Exactly, but if there were no allegations to be made, they would be able to come to his defense. Hmm. So that is like... And you know, people want to be close to power too. So they like, they don't want to talk bad about Puff because that could be the end of their career. I mean, conspiracy theory side of the internet says a lot of inflammatory things about that man and what he has had done over the years. So I think that a large portion of the industry is scared of him. I agree. Did you see the episode of R&B Money where Tiffany Red was on there? No, I don't know who she is. So I didn't watch it. And it's no shade, doll. I didn't know who he was. Well, singer-songwriter Fish, she's on everything. She did a lot of work with Bad Boy and other people over the years. She basically said that what Cassie said was true, and she always felt really bad for her. Ouch. Yeah. So that's still going on in more litigatory turmoil. Megan has taken to Instagram Live, the stallion, everybody taking the Instagram live and is explaining herself even further about this Tory Lane stuff, even though the case is over. I think that the fanfare is just getting to her all over again. She's stated that she's trying to move on and they're trying to bring her back to where she was. Mm. And her ex-best friend, Kelsey's fan base, I guess, has been popular. What would she if you was a nobody stand? <laughs> like, that doesn't even make no sense. How you got fans and we just met you? As the friend. Yeah, I don't even know what she do. You just a friend. She's, she, well, not anymore, but she was. Right. No more. <laughs> no more. I got a new keeping and I don't want a link. No more. <laughs> okay. So Megan is literally going off like as we record this. Like she's been on live a bunch of different times today. Cute wig. But I just hate that she has to explain herself over and over and over again. I understand that people don't believe her, but I never understood why they don't. And I also 
think that if justice was served, quote unquote, then why is it still a thing? Mm-hmm. Tory Lanez got that much impact that people are upset. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. He didn't impact my life in any kind of way. And his fingernails was dirty on the cover of Say It. <laughs> I never pay him no mind. So I'm just gagging at this news. You know I'm the nails. dirty. I want the nails being nasty. Like summer Walker potentially being pregnant by that dirty fingernail, Lil Meech. Wait, they saying summer pregnant? You gotta get on to the TikTok. <laughs> I've been on I've been on um TikTok a bunch, but I've been on um Animal Talk and Real Real Halls. I'm screaming. I mean we are part of the podcast is Crocodile Dundee. We really think that we the animal hunters. It's crazy. <laughs> This is an Animal Planet podcast, for sure. All I do is send Stephanie cat videos all day, and I don't even like cats, but they be funny. So, yeah, prayers to Megan, because I just... It's in summer, because if she's pregnant, I don't like that. I don't, I'm hoping that that's not true. That little, Megan is on live right now. Summer oh. was a rumor. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that there's proof, but people are saying things, so I'm telling the people. That is late. Ooh. What else going on? So... We went to go see Renaissance as a family in separate cities, duh. And we have to discuss that at length because I don't know if I like the term do your big one, but Beyonce kind of did her biggest one with this film. With Wait, this- why you don't like that term? I never knew that. People just be saying anything. Oh. <laughs> That's all. This tour will go down in history for several reasons. And this movie attachment to it is one of them. How are you the largest selling film tour of the year against Taylor Swift? And white people live for Taylor Swift. How was your theater? Mine was definitely quiet and classy. Except for the aunt next to me. (laughs) I was like, of course I get stuck to the aunt that is like going crazy. And keeps talking like, did you go to the show? Oh, I went too far. Girl! (laughs) Of course you get stuck next to Stan's. And then one of the little teenagers she was with made a note, like, went, went, woo, during the everybody on mute. And she was like, God, I told you don't be coming to the theater doing it. I was like, oh, my God. How do I get stuck with these people? People be ready to fight on the everybody on mute. They do everybody on mute when they play that song outside and people mute then. She was like, um, she was like, well, at least she, had mute, she muted at the concert. At least she muted at the concert. And I'm like, auntie. She was like, girl, you gonna go to a Beyonce concert next time? And I'm like, Auntie, you I was like, you got Beyonce ticket next time, money. <laughs> I went twice. <laughs> it's kind of worse to to do the mute challenge wrong in the theater where you're traditionally supposed to be quiet. <laughs> Is everybody okay? <laughs> My theater was cute and classy too. When Heated came on, there was a gaggle of gays in the back that started clacking fans. It wasn't not one man in my screening. I lived for that. I was tired of the men in mine. Oh. <laughs> I've been sick of sissies, but... Oh, my God. Anyway, love the film. My experience was still pleasant. Me and a couple of my friends went. It was kind of quiet for the most part. Nobody was dressed insane. Of course, at the end of the movie, though, we go outside and there's a man with a disco ball on his head and a silver <laughs> suit taking pictures with everybody like he is on tour with Beyonce. I was like, get me out of here. I need an espresso martini. 
the fuck is going on? I don't know. Hey. The movie really shook me to my core in like multiple ways. I thought that I would be most excited and most thrilled by the, you know, I love when Beyonce do her wife and mom thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's my favorite. But actually, first of all, she hardly referenced that husband. Good. But like, then you notice that? That like, she she referenced him directly one time and that was her speech at her birthday thing when she was like, and all the shout out to my husband, all the shit that we've been through. Yeah. But other than that, like, even when he was on the screen, it wasn't like he was on the screen with her. Like, he might have been recording her or when he was talking to Blue. But it was, usually she give us content and them kissing and hugging. Kissing and hugging, hope they caught us. But, ooh, sing the fucking song, Doja Cat. And I thought that was interesting because I was like, she really be on, her team be on the internet and know that her fans don't want to see that, even though I do. But I think it's a mix. I think that it's, it could be a little bit of that because Beyonce is in the comments currently. Like, she's taking notes. But I also think that work Beyonce, and since this film was mostly work, work Beyonce is a little more detached from Jay-Z. You don't think so? Like, I feel like she is lazy. He was there the entire time. He was in front row center in a Beyonce shirt. Every yeah, like when, when there was no moment in anything, any moment that we saw in that movie, he was less than two feet away. I feel like in every other Beyonce documentary, even if they was work focused, you was we would still be forced to see her kissing on him in on a yacht. She ain't forced no black love on nobody, and I continue to gag about that. Continuing to gag over and over again. Because I like, I mean, even though I don't know, I'm not, whatever, I like seeing her be obsessed with him. Basically is what I'm saying. Well, what I took away most was I have like a new respect for Beyonce's music. And I think it's really important that I say this on the cast because I spent so much time on this cast bashing her music and saying her music is bad. And I will publicly say I have a new level of respect for her music. Tell me more. So, like, a song like A Church Girl or A Cozy, in like, to me, like, just listening to them, it's really cheesy and really corny. The cast, I mean, the co-hosts know I do not like self-esteem, black, brown-skinned girl kind of music. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying but to. But watching the Renaissance movie and seeing how people were responding to the things she was saying in the songs in the crowd made me one respect have a respect for her music because I'm like dang like this music is really like these songs are literally keeping some people alive like some somebody would have taken themselves off planet earth if they didn't hear cozy yep because somebody in this world was not comfortable in their skin until that song came out and that song made them feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, will you ever hear me sing Cozy? No. But I really respect her music now because I'm like, it might be corny to me, but it's literally life and death, life saving to somebody else. And somebody that can make music that does that, I can't be mad at it. And then the second thing that all of that did for me is help me realize that I, as much as I love music and as much as I will literally be in the shower bawling my eyes out listening to music, I have no personal attachment to any song. 
Oh. I realize I have no per like I cannot think of a song where I listen to it and I'm I feel it on a like because of what's being said. I realize I fall out and cry because of how they saying it. Like Anita Baker say, it's gonna take much more than a hope to bring you close. I think I'll pray. I've never felt like that about nobody. Like I can't relate, but I'm gonna fall out because I like how she say it and I like the dramatics of it. But I have no per I, there's no song that I can think of that I'm like, whoo, this was me. Oh, that's so all. Not even church music. Like if I'm crying at church music, it don't even be because I went through it. I just like how they singing it is just making me emotional. Yeah, the Holy Ghost be entering me and don't let go. <laughs> it's, something, it's something different because it don't always have to connect to what the songs are saying for church stuff. But for any other type of music, I'm not falling out if I didn't. I will fall out over a run, mm-hmm. but I'm not falling out in an emotional way unless I have been through what they're talking about, have experienced it, or they are so good at telling the story that it makes me feel it for them. But I'd be falling out for from a feeling of attachment for sure. Yeah, I I, I realize that I don't feel that way. That's a little crazy to me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I watched the film and I'm I'm watching people and I'm like, dang, there's no song that makes me feel the way Cozy and Church Girl make people feel. I can't think of like a song that is about those type of things that would make me feel like that. Mine should be about relationships or like mom stuff or like fa- like I don't know like I can't listen to song for mama without getting emotional I can't that's a song I can't because of how much you I love, love you mean you know I love my mom so it's giving that or like Janae Aiko's remember me that literally got me through feeling bad about a breakup like I mm. feel the stuff that she said everything she said is literally what happened so I can feel that but mm. and then that's why I respect songwriters so much because it can be a situation where I didn't go through it at all, but I feel it for them. Like I, for I, them, I, yeah. I really like when that happens because I'm like, damn, you're really good at your job. Like, yeah, no. Now I can feel it for the other person, like how we was going about Nasha. She's like, did you know this? Like that lays <laughs> me out. But I've never been in that place. Like I've never, like after a breakup, I don't be caring no more. So I'm like, whatever. He's still gonna call me because we still gonna be friends. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm like, I just haven't, maybe I also just haven't had enough life experiences. My life has been pretty even and not dry, but I don't have, I never, I never had big life moments, I guess. So that I don't emotionally connect to music. I connect to music because I like how it sounds. I like how I can move my body to it. Certain music make me feel grown, but it's not because it's necessarily like she's saying something that makes it grow. It's just like when you listen to Shade, I just want a grown bitch. Like I just want to like run me a little piece of bath and have me a little glass of wine. But it don't be that emotional. And I was like, wow, Beyonce makes songs that really get into the DNA of people. And then I started freaking out, like, why don't music get into the DNA of me? I'm not going to pay the fact that you married if Marks when Sade come on. That's crazy. <laughs> Meredith and I just want a Tom. You saw me. I was freezing. We're in Bermuda and I'm fucking freezing. I'm under a duvet and 
all of you have tubs. And it just lets me know that none of you care about me. <laughs> this impression was SNL just now. <laughs> what the fuck? Those ladies are insane. Yeah. <laughs> We will find and, then, and, then they, and then they cut to what's her name in the tub, like doo, doo, doo. Whitney. She's gonna want to this season. <laughs> I but, um, yeah, so yeah, that so that was a huge takeaway for me. And I if I can talk bad about the music publicly, I can also talk about the power of the music publicly. So I like that we just had this little revelation, and I like that you felt that from this because I always knew that that's what mute music in general was doing to these girls but with Beyonce I know it for a fact that those type of songs are never going to do anything for me because I've been thinking that I was bombed since I was born like that's just whether it's a character flaw or not it's been instilled in me since the day my mother rolled me out so like sorry cozy girls Wait, is I'm that girl a good song? Y'all, I ain't never heard past 40 seconds of that song because I just couldn't take Stephanie oh my god Stephanie y'all she do this thing where if a Something off-putting happens <laughs> during the, the the duration of the song. She's going to skip it, so she's not going to go back and find out that she actually liked something. Like I'm that girl was never a bad song to me. It's only break my soul and at the time of release. Church girl, I could tolerate cozy, but them words don't mean nothing to me. But it sounds like fashion show music, and I be walking down. So that's why I was like, oh, I like this song. But church girl and um, break my soul could choke now. Church girl on stage is my doll. Break <laughs> my soul, it can still gag on one. I'm not interested. Break my soul actually doesn't bother me. It bothered me because I think it's too early in Beyonce's career for her to be CeCe Peniston. It's not cute. It's not. I thought that was the whole album was about her being CeCe Peniston. But it's not CeCe Peniston E when she do it outside of Break My Soul. Break My Soul is a traditional boops, boops gag. Oh. I don't like that. I want my boops, boops gay at a ball, and I've never been at a ball. So, like, this semblance of it, I don't know. It just give me retirement music. And Beyonce <laughs> don't need to retire yet. Like, I don't want her being booked for all of Pride's right now in her career. Well, she's yeah. not going to go because she's not coming outside for a while after this. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, that, I love CeCe Peniston. Woo! Plan of Flames, gay. But also... <laughs> it makes sense for where she is, like a Deborah Cox, a Cece Peniston, a mm -hmm. Kiki Wyatt. Like those girls can pride themselves to death. I'm not going, but Beyonce is Beyonce. Like I don't want her to ever get to the point where she has to just be doing gay. And Break My Soul came at me like, is it over with? <laughs> like that's how I felt hearing that. So I'm just never gonna like it. <laughs> I like the part of the movie where. She goes in depth about how much it took for production. Yes. And when but, she said, she said, you know, I love the music. I love that shit. What I love most is the process. Mm -hmm. I love what she said there. The way that I've been saying this since we started talking about her and this tour, but the budget was bottomless. So yeah. <laughs> I already knew it was going to give extraordinary. But for her to say that there's three sets and they're shipping between cities while she's actually on stage just to prepare for the next round of performances is insanity came to me. And then 
that big screen being built brick by brick every single yeah, night. Literal brick. If y'all didn't see it, y'all know what the stage looked like. The stage or the, the screen, the colorful screen, y'all, that is like hundreds of squares. And they physically put the squares together every night there's a show. And then they physically take the squares apart and pack them up in 167 trucks. That shit. And drives to the next city. And by next city, so let's say she's in, she does this stage on Monday. That stage is going to travel three cities ahead. So by Friday, it's set up and placed at the next place. Right. Where meanwhile, she has a show on Tuesday and Thursday somewhere else. And there's a team already getting that together, unloading, redoing all of the things, getting set up together for that show. That's the in-between one. That process I was literally leaned back in my seat like I can't go back any further. What is going on? I didn't know that. I knew that it was something, but I just didn't know it was that. That shit, I was like, okay, this is insane. I also, yeah. of course, loved all dance children. Um, I have a new respect for, like, Blue's journey in the tour, like, from where she started to where she ended and the backlash that she got and how she kind of was like, no, ma, I'm gonna keep doing this they talk mm-hmm. shit i'm not to prove them wrong i live for that i live for that that was everything to me i was like go the fuck off miss ivy so <laughs> even like the nurturing and the caring that uh, amari gave her like as her as one of the dance captains like finding out that she i think we all knew this but the girl that like auditioned basically via tiktok like i love those type of stories because dance children which is another reason i guess i probably be having that emotional connection sometimes the stuff that don't necessarily have anything to do with me because I had to feel it in my movement for dance too. Or at least I'm placing it like that. I know you have a dance background too, but it might not click in that way. Meanwhile, I used to be on stage going through it. So I don't know. It was overall an excellent film. I love that we got so much close up and personal action of what was going on on stage. Mm-hmm. And like the different cameramen that you could see weaving in and out and like stuff you might have missed depending on where your seat was. Cause even though I went twice, the first time I was in like the hundreds levels. And then the second time I went, I was literally at the circle stage basically. So when they come out and do, I try to get all up in your mind. All in the world. Basically like right there in those section of rows that's like she walked past me and almost fainted like that. Even with that, it's still a whole new world when you see it from the movie's perspective. Mm-hmm. And it took her four years to create the tour. Mm-hmm. Four years to create the tour. Um, and But what I will say is, to counter that, what I love most about the film is it seemed like just as much as the Renaissance album and era gave her fan base self-esteem and the invitation to be like, free, open people to be themselves. It also seemed like it gave her the license as well because that bitch is not uptight no more. Yes. Like, like the way I was saying this when I talked, when I gave my review on Bureau Black Cinema Club's Insta, uh, IG stories, I was like, that scene where all the power went out, she went backstage. She was like, let's put on a new outfit. And then she came back on stage and had her tongue out and was dancing. The last time the lights went out on Beyonce, she said somebody was getting fired. 
This is a new girl. When she yeah. said I'm a new animal, I was like, she is this bitch not uptight no more. And she yeah. found a way to to balance her work life. And I think she also started to prioritize having a good time mm-hmm. over everything being perfect. Mm-hmm. And she because said we don't like I feel like, and this is somebody you also perform on stage. When you mess up at a performance, don't nobody know but you if you know how to bring yeah, it back. Exactly. But I feel like Beyonce previously wanted no mistakes. Gotta be on the mark. Nothing can be wrong. It's World War Three if she don't do everything perfect. But then I was just like, whatever, I'm having fun. And we saw glimpses of that on the last tour with Jay-Z, but I feel like yeah. with this one, what? I'm just falling out because Mama was having the time of her life on, on the run tour too. And she had never been there. But also, now I started doing the math. I was like, hmm, she was already working on Renaissance around that time. Mm-hmm. So that so the evolution of Beyonce in her personhood was changing around that time. Yep. So I feel like I walked away really excited for her. Like, yes, bitch. I know it's a few 42 years, but I'm glad you are no longer fucking uptight. You, She deserves to enjoy herself. Nobody work as much as her. Exactly. The amount of work Beyonce do in one day takes me like four months. <laughs> I love when you be talking about your lack of like ethic. I, I don't, shut up. I have no work ethic, so it's not shade. But it's like nobody deserves to relax and enjoy and have a ball and, and enjoy the fruits of her 25 years of labor than Beyonce. Because, you know, everybody works hard and I'm not saying that like, excuse me, other artists of the past and of today don't work hard, but there's a nut, like Beyonce works at a at a level that is kind of like... Insane. It's not, uh, what's what I'm looking for? It's hard to maintain that and to mm-hmm. have maintained that for not just the 25 years we've known her, she's maintained that since she was like eight, nine years old. Yeah. So to have done this for almost 40 years at the pace that she's doing it, enjoy it, doll. Yeah. So she said, this is my, she said, this moment is my reward. I said, yes, it is. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm giving you all your flowers, all your tens. You are the reward, baby. <laughs> Uh, rumors that we gonna get them visuals at some point this year. I don't believe it. I'm, what visual? There's more visuals. I don't want to talk about it. So oh. it's also the ten year anniversary of self title today. <laughs> Do you remember where you were when that album dropped? Um, Nichelle was at my house like that weekend, but I don't. I don't know. I might have been asleep. Okay. But um, all right. But I remember Nichelle was at my house that weekend, and then I had book club later that day. So Lauren from from um, DC slash Baltimore had a book club, and I was in her book club. Mm-hmm. All of them girls are hardcore beehive. Yeah. So I remember. Was- I remember that was the same weekend we had book club. Okay. I was watching Scandal with my popcorn and my wine, and then iTunes Carousel changed to just that black and white picture with that pink font, and I was like, I was in a relationship at the time. I was telling my what? I got like flustered just now. <laughs> I had to tell him something's about to happen. And then it did. And we didn't go to sleep. <laughs> she got there at midnight, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Scandal comes on at 10. And then it's like, How to Get Away With Murder wasn't out yet, I don't think, in 2013. I might have to do some 
fact check it on that. But I remember Scandal vividly and then a little piece of the news and then Beyonce. Mm. And I was like, what is happening? Is everybody okay? No, I'm everybody. I wasn't okay. <laughs> yeah, I woke up to you and Dre losing it. Period. <laughs> <laughs> you and Dre was in a group chat losing it and Corey and Manna were reading. <laughs> <laughs> on brand for everybody involved. <laughs> But that is still one of her best albums to me, so I can't fake it. I had to celebrate. No, it is. Honestly, I don't... What you about to say? If, if she took off Pretty Hurts, Heaven, and Blue, Ooh. it might be giving B-Day and Dame's Being Love a run for its coin. And it might even <laughs> topple those girls. I'm, I'm, I know they might be like whatever to say controversial i don't think so. i mean and i'm i'm not a i don't hate pretty hurts like you do heaven and blue no i don't hate pretty hurts i don't i didn't know that i don't hate pretty hurts i don't think that pretty hurts is as good okay this is a thing. it's not how you open up an album that got songs like haunted or mine no but i understood the see i actually think that the sequencing of beyonce is some of her best sequencing but See, I think I, that's where I fell off. I didn't like the sequencing. Oh, I, Heaven and Blue are the only sequencing mishaps to me. I might like Heaven a little more if it was in another place. I just feel a specific way about music to be about people, kids. I feel like I'm not supposed to care, not, not supposed to care about that, but I'm not supposed to enjoy it as much as they do. So I don't. <laughs> Sorry. And it's like, girl, okay. I feel like it could have been like, you know how Faith, Hands in China, but face is an interlude, and I be singing that with my like. When I tell you, I sing that joint with my chest, but it's because it's an interlude. I don't want to hear five minutes of you talking about your child, and it's no shade. Live for Blue Ivy. I don't have Dog no world. That is my doll, but I skip that song. Now the rest of the album is perfect. Yeah, the rest. Ha of the like if she would have started with Haunted and ended with Superpower. This is what I'm saying. She that this dope title would make dangerously and what was the you said B day and B day look like child's play if that shit started with haunted and ended with superpower because we had never heard her make music that was dark before. But that's what I was about to say to your point about child's play. They still kind of are to me in comparison to the sound of self-title. I feel like B-Day is always going to be one of my top albums of hers, mm -hmm. but you can tell that she was more grown up when mm -hmm. Beyonce came out. Mm-hmm. Like, For sure. I'm just saying that to, like in terms of, I, I look at Dangerously in Love as minus one song, a perfect album. Mm -hmm. I look at B-Day like a perfect album. I think maybe one song. But so I'm saying that Beyonce, if she took Pretty Hurts and Heaven and Blue off, will also be perfect, perfect albums. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty flawless, actually. Like it's no pun intended. Oh God! Like that song don't even bother me. Yeah, that song don't bother me, and that is one of them type of songs that usually would. Yeah, it's definitely a Lizzo song. Damn, but the beat so crazy. The thing is, the way Beyonce carry it when she when she do songs when she talking her shit, mm -hmm. the way she carry it. I'd be like, all right, yeah. yeah. I got time. But 
like the dance she would do. Like I would, you would never see me sing. I woke up like this because I don't. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Excuse I don't wear makeup, but that little wig come on. So I did not wake up like this. But the dance, I'll be fucking that dance up though. We call one in the function, okay? Uh, like that. Tonight, got that, Yeah, it's she like she be partying. Show and me. I be partying right with her because that is my vibe. Hello. <laughs> and I'm jealous. Like, give me the the maroon jacket. I, I'm, 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 I, is this like a physical game? <laughs> Listen, it's bite, okay? Mama went for it. Like, the songs were just so good. Like, Haunted, I keep bringing it up, but Haunted is just, ugh. Like, that's what I'm like. Beyonce is cooler than she puts on. This album confirmed, because I was like, this bitch is cool, but she hot in the cool. But then Haunted came out, no angel. I was like, oh my God, this bitch is fucking cool. Mine, cool. That's music girls that are cool, mate. Yeah, yeah. No angel is going to always have a special place in my heart. You know, I think my father is Prince. So anything closely related or in sound like she ain't. What I don't understand, I'm a little amused and confused on Muse with the News, because why did grown woman just now enter streaming for the anniversary? Maybe I'm just a legal download fish, but I've always had grown woman on my computer. And I don't know. Grown Woman was one of the Lucy's off of the self-titled era, but I thought that it came out when she did the deluxe that had Standing on the Sun and Ring Off, because this was all also around the time. I guess I was wrong, because it's just now hitting streaming. Shit been on my computer since the beginning of the game. But you again, like Grown Woman? No. Oh. I like the video a lot, though. All the video, videos be good. No, but like, I don't... The videos be good and make me like the song. That one don't. I could watch that video on mute. Look around, everybody on oh, Muse. Look around, everybody not Muse. <laughs> I do whatever I want. Ooh, late. <laughs> Whenever we say woo late at the end of something, it is going to take me into a listen. Yeah, this song was so ridiculous. Oh my God, I forgot all about it. So mm-hmm. I think the, the clips of the video, yeah, the video was the fool. The song was the fool. Like but her that. box braid part with the Janet Jackson box braids up the decent. Yeah, she looked bomb. She looked bomb the whole video. I like the video. Don't bother me. Get but... rid of the twins, Beyonce. Uh... <laughs> Not your twins. Them <laughs> twins. I was about to say, excuse me. No, you know we love her twins. But them twins. Yeah, lay twins can lay down. Late twins. <laughs> Also, justice for um, her best looks. Beyonce said, <laughs> she said she she knew all the costumes that everybody said was ugly and did not put they them in the movie. Put them in that movie. The girl is smart and she reads the comments. Mama be in the nooks and crannies of Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Like she sees it all. She was like, oh, I don't have time. Let me just put the cute ones up. Now, I'm upset about the Monopoly Man outfit from Vegas. That was my shit. That was one. Oh, that was a good one. I did like that one. Everything. And it is nowhere to be found in the movie. But other than that, I think she did a really good job of pairing the great looks of the show and still giving her line Ivy Park some shine. Because it was some of that in there too that I didn't care for. 
Uh, yeah. We, I mean, eventually I'm going to have to, but I am like really reluctant to and not in a rush to. You but we, have to listen to Nikki? We ain't listened to it yet, and I feel like we, I feel like I've never listened to a Nikki Minaj album in my life. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. So I don't have those kind of obligations, but I know, gang, there is an obligation. No, see, now that I'm staying away from. I don't think that I need to listen to it for camaraderie in the arena of that because I am, again, bye, I'm tired. It's The year's over. Just, I need time. But Nikki, I think, may have a song that I like. Oh. So I want to listen to make sure I'm not lying to myself. Oh. They play everybody everywhere that I went this weekend, and it didn't bother me. What's everybody? That's one of her songs? Yeah, it's the one with Lil Uzi and it's kind of got like that Jersey hips dance movement beat but it also interpolates Daft Punk's Everybody gonna be Amphil United Oh! oh, oh. It samples that and I kind of like the way she's rapping on it and that is big of me to say. So I'm going to listen to the album off the strength of the fact that I know I probably... This is a lot of assuming, but probably like that song. I haven't heard it in full. I never even heard Uzi's part, and I want to hear it. Oh. But that's really it that I have to say about Oh Nigger. Then <laughs> Color Purple Press, baby. Everybody be looking good, and everybody need to win every award. Love it. <laughs> Movie ain't out yet. Stephanie has said nominate. <laughs> well, they look, she already got, the girls got them a little piece of Golden Globe. Shout mm-hmm. out to um, Tasia and Danielle. And they, Corey. Shout out to Corey Hawkins. Duke Alex is fine. Oh, well, he didn't, he didn't get a... No shade, I love him now. I didn't really know much about him until just now. But he didn't get a Golden Globe nomination for... I was just saying, them two got the Golden Globe nomination the other day. Oh. Shout out to the whole cast, honestly, because Coleman, Domingo... Everything. Act. Somebody on Twitter said, I'm, I'm going to have to watch all his um his movies from the past because I know I'm going to hate him after watching Color Purple. Fair. You know, we be hating bad. I still feel some kind of way about Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner. Like, I just don't look See. at him the same. Once you get that one role, sometimes it kind of shapes the, the way people look at you. So, mm-hmm. Danny Glover kind of escaped that. I, I don't know people who was looking at him crazy. No, two. they was. Oh, okay. And, and, and back in the days, people was not fooling with Danny like that. The same way we do Lawrence Fishburne because of what's mm-hmm. love. People mm-hmm. were doing Danny like that. It was so bad that the NAACP and other black organizations were speaking out against the film and speaking out against Alice Walker and was saying the film is making black men look bad. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Maybe the musical adaptation will bring some levity to it. I don't know. People probably going to hate him. Yeah, you're right. Coleman Domingo acts down though. He ate Rustin. He ate Bill Street. Like I like him in everything I've seen. He did everything. He eats Euphoria. Like doll acts, and been looking bomb. All of them have been looking bomb. But I don't think a lot of men can dress. And Coleman been dressing. He always look good. I don't know he if it's because he's from Philly or what. Okay. But <laughs> here you go. I gotta throw that in there. <laughs> I mean, what he wore to the premiere just shifted a lot of things. I'm like, that ox blood suit. Everything. With that little tail piece. That little mm. wrap around. The fuck? The what use? <laughs> the wrap around. I really wrap around, too. That's dumb. Let me sit down. Uh, if 
if they said be looking better than the world. Listen, I didn't realize that I followed her stylist until you pointed it out. I don't know that boy. <laughs> I knew you would because he's your twist. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. So, looking good cast, us and them. <laughs> cannot wait to see the film and also I don't know if I said this before but just for context on why this is such a big moment for Tasia and why she's been crying down anytime people talk to her about every it time, every time he outside just her, her natural self but she, <laughs> her and Danielle Brooks were in the Broadway version of the color purple mm-hmm. this was around the time when Fantasia was messing with the T-Mobile man and was going through all of that. You don't remember the baby, the fine ass no, baby father? No, I, that's why I made that face because I didn't. So, so you know, she was going through a lot of turmoil with that. She had some uh, attempts on her life. Um, it was just rough, and so she wasn't showing up to the show. She was like missing a whole bunch of days, and she got fired from the Broadway show. So for her to have this second chance and to have a second chance in such this in such a huge way, because Oprah mm-hmm. don't play. Oprah has been doing the shit out of this um campaign, yeah, awards yeah, season yeah, campaign yeah. for this film. Yeah. They've been everywhere. Yeah, they have. So it's just such, uh, it's so beautiful to see because I've I got tickets to see Fantasia, but she had went up getting the bootay and I had to see um yeah, And I didn't know what Cynthia Arrivo was, so I thought she did nice. But, um... She probably did. She sings down. Yeah, she do. But I was sick because I wanted to see Tasha. And Shaka Khan was was uh, playing Suge Avery, I think. Suge Avery makes sense for Shaka. It do give that, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was her. But either way, so I just thought this was such a, a big redemption for Fantasia. And yeah. I'm just so excited for her. Because she, really she is our American Idol. Literally. Literally. <laughs> I stopped watching after her for a while. And it's no shade. I think I restarted when Nikki and Mariah was beefing and they had a good cast of girls. It was some singers that I remember to this day on that season. But I didn't keep up with it as much as I did season one through three. Fantasia was my winner. Yeah. When her when she gets her Oscar and her and J Hub pose together with the Oscars, I'm going to live. <laughs> we gonna have to scrape Stephanie off the ground. She's gonna be weeping. I'm gonna live. These are our American idols. Loud country girls. I love it. Yeah, I really <laughs> Loud Country Girls is annoying. And it made me think just now about that Christmas video that keeps spinning around the interwebs with Mariah, Ariana Grande, and Jay Hud. And I know they do this every Christmas, but it wears me out annually. Jay Hud do not fit the same type of music as a Mariah and Ariana Grande. I know that Mariah loved Jay Hud, but it looked like she's getting annoyed with her being so loud on stage every night. Ooh, Jay Hud is loud. Mariah's actually in Philly tonight, and I'm sad that I don't have my um, tickets. You've been slipping on your Mariah gayness. It's lower than low. <laughs> it's like the lowest of the low skis. Sing sis. The lower of the low skis. Sing sis. That's a song. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sad. I'm so sad. Oh. <laughs> but, I'm right. but I did see the Mariah Christmas Spectacular before. I saw it in New York. So it's not like mm. I've never seen it before. I did see it. It's going to be on TV. So I'm going to just wait till then. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. At the um, time that she did it with J-Hud and Ariana, it was on TV. I don't know if they're bringing it back. I just expect them to. Oh, okay. Well, it's Christmas. Let her do what she wants. 
Right, no shade. Well, hopes and prayers. And I'm excited for seeing, um, really getting to dive into Corey's acting because I, I did see everything, everything. Thing, but I wasn't really like that zoned in. I was watching at somebody's house with a bunch of black people. So it's yeah. like talking, you know. So I'm excited to see him do his big one. I'm excited to see Sierra pop out as Brown Nettie, Africa Nettie. She not doing enough press for me, like we talked about uh, during the breaks before we started recording. But I I love that it's her in it. Me too. I really like this opportunity for her. I love that she exposed the belly on the carpet. I really wish that they would have allowed her and Holly to have that moment because they are playing the older and younger version of the same character. It could have been a nice unveiling. It would have been all over. I need to be on the PR teams because the girls are not doing it right. I know that Parkwood got that under wraps, but we all know what is given under them peplums. She was on damn, it was either Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. I be mixing the Jimmy shows up. I, I know who each one of them are, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she was on there and when she walked out, I was just like, this lady really think that we don't know she's pregnant. And in the way that she sat down, there was still so much space in her dress between her crossed leg, which she crossed the inward way so that you couldn't see. It was just like, this is so strategic. It's annoying. Let that lady breathe. I know them people are tight. I squeeze around that baby head. <laughs> She really think we dumb, and one thing about it, you're not about to insult my intelligence. It's like a slap in the face. A one thing about heart it. Without breaking the skin. No one can hurt you like the power of you. Okay? Y'all know the words. Like, we know what pregnant look like. <laughs> Your, her nose is stretched from here to Calabasas. Them boobs is heavy boob, Tina. Them like, boobs you are on Beyonce. Beyonce boobs still got baby milk in them. Like... <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but don't never moving. wore this many peplums and balloon waist in her life. That stomach normally be out. So it's like, girl, just stop it. Just stop. Yeah, it's in bad taste. I still love Holly. I just don't like that this is happening to her. Mm. I also want to give a special shout out to the director, Blitz Bazule. Let me tell you something about Blitz. Blitz was my neighbor in Bed-Stuy when I first, I moved to Bed-Stuy 2007. And I first, I had lived on, um, whatever. I used to live on one side of Bed-Stuy, but then I, because I people that don't live, they don't, wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. And I had moved to the other side of Bed-Stuy, and that's the part that I stayed on for 13 of my 15 years there. And he was my neighbor. Like, I would see him in the laundromat. There was a coffee shop that was on Lewis Avenue. I would see him in there. And funny thing about that coffee shop is the barista there was Jazz Fish. What's his name? Gregory. Hines? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was, I had my dancer wig on. So you talking about Gregory that wear the hats that be singing down? Yes. He. Gregory Porter. Yes. He. He was the barista at the coffee shop. He had them hats on? Yes. That was his signature thing. And this is like 2008, 2009. And I remember seeing them just in the neighborhood. And Blitz was a rapper then. Mm. Yes. He was a rapper. And he would rap with like a live band and all that shit. And then in 2013, when I had quit my job, and well, me and the show quit our jobs. So we can go on a month-long vacation. <laughs> 
I love that for y'all. And we were together most of the trip, but then we went our separate ways. And I went to um, the south of France to stay with one of my uh, Spelman sisters. And she's like, girls, go to this concert at the pier. And we go to the concert at the pier, and it's Blitz ass fucking rapping. <laughs> and I was like, girl, that's my neighbor. I didn't know he, like, I knew he, like, rap like, around a neighborhood, but I didn't know he was, like, international rap nigga. Like, yeah, you ain't know it was giving more than a little yin 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 around the house. Listen, he was booked internationally. <laughs> nationally. And then, um, <laughs> right. And then, like, 2018, 2019, he came out with his first film. The Burial of Kojo, which is one of my favorite, like, films of current time, is basically the West African version of, what was that movie that took place in New Orleans with a little girl named Hush Puppy? Wouldn't know a thing. You well, know what? Beast, Beast of the Wild? Beast of the Southern Wild. Well, so it's like the West... I, say I didn't know, I didn't know. <laughs> right. It's like the West African version of Beast of the Southern Wild, Burial of Kojo, and I love that film, but it was just random. I'm like, damn, like, I need... I do him at the Red Bull, but now mm-hmm. it's like he's a director, and that film was amazing. I saw that Urban World. Shout out to Urban World. Shout out to Miss Karen, the director um, of Urban World. And so to to literally watch his growth from like 2008 to 2009 has been like amazing for me to see. And just shout out to old, and I'm putting in quotations, um, Best Eye, aka my era of Best Eye, because it's just nice to see the girlies just doing well. Like he mm-hmm. about to get a little, he about to get him a great uh, Oscar nomination. Greg Reporter keep him a piece of Grammy. It's, I love it. It's up. It's literally up and stuff. I do like that. Like seeing people do well from your time of something, which is why my last thing to say about Color Purple is I'm so fucking proud of Corey. It is insane. Like my dad know his mom type shit. Like mm. I was the only male graduating senior in the dance department and he was in musical theater at our school so whenever we had a need for another senior boy or if we had like variety show or fashion show or anything that the seniors were putting on he was the only other nigga that could dance with me so Mm. we developed a relationship over there he just always been super cool super down to earth in his interviews that's exactly how he was at school like I love when people don't change because of the fame because I feel like his name still ringing bells in Hollywood, but he's been in some very, very premier feature films. Like he's mm-hmm. in that Macbeth rendition with um, Denzel Washington. Denzel. He was in that big musical in the Heights. In the Heights, yeah. And people, he got a lot Where of. Where am I, Central High School alum? See, Stephanie, no, everybody in Philly. No, I, that person is the Spanish girl. Wrote that older than me, but you know anything I can bring up my high school. You bring up your high school. Let me bring up my little piece of high school. A piece of is funny, but yeah, we love shouting out anything that we belong to. <laughs> As Stephanie records in a Clark Atlanta T, like <laughs> a school. And I don't I'm, look, I'm doing it like Maddie or Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, can't wait to see the color purple. That was Milch's favorite color. Rest in peace. I... <laughs> we talked about the pregnant girls. Allegedly, Ashanti is one of them. It's just interesting to see... This episode is called Spin the Block Season. It's interesting to see the Spin the Block dolls. Because okay. I don't know if that is something that is really in my spirit at all. Even though we both share this, but I feel like we are Erica Badu and our exes don't leave our orbit. So... It's interesting because I just take a stand, but I am enjoying her not, if that makes sense. Like, I 
really like them together. I just hope that everything pans out. They may get a lot of backlash, and I like that they're not really paying no attention to it either. But the internet has been shaken by the fact that she's a quote-unquote baby mom and don't have a ring and all of this and all of that. But let that lady do what she wants. She seems happy. Like, I don't... I think that fans need to understand when to mind that business as opposed mm-hmm. to creating hoopla or fanfare around things that we don't really know. I think that it is very possible that Nelly could really be in love with her and be a different man with her than he was with Miss Jackson. He was with her for umpteen years and didn't want to marry her, so they didn't have kids. But we also don't know what Ashanti's situation is. Like, they are both getting up in age. Like, I don't know. It's just like, let them people be happy. I love seeing couples happy. I really do. They are having the time of their life. Yeah. N- Nelly also, I didn't realize Nelly was 50. I did. I, I thought did. Nelly was way younger than Mary and all of them. Because Ashanti's like 42. Yeah, you, I mean, you're not wrong. But I I just always looked at Nelly as an age mate to them. Even I did. I thought he was Ashanti age. Mm. I feel like it came out at some point. Maybe it came out to me last week. Like the first, the first time that they was together, I think that I found out the age difference. I did not know that. Because I mean, he the same age as like Lil' Kim. All of them came out like 92, 94. But he, he didn't come out till like 2000. So I think because he came out so much later, my brain didn't compute that he was the age. But, my brain computed he, he was the same age as everybody he came out with. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But I know he, like, rapping was kind of like his second career. So, because he was a sports doll. Oh. He got, I don't know whether it was awards or anything like that, but he was a big deal in his hometown for football. Oh, let me look him up. (laughs) I get into football bodies, so I be keeping in tune with the people. All right. I mean, I'm going to call the thing a thing. Thing a thing. Oh, I can't sing that. So, okay, wait. Right. <laughs> but I will also say another thing. If Ashanti actually is pregnant, it's very encouraging because all of us young ladies who are 37 and older who have yet to have a baby, who have yet to find somebody to have a baby with, it is encouraging to see another old broad get knocked up. And that's all mm-hmm. I gotta say. I like that. I do. And again, happy and in love, it seems, because I know some couples. And yeah, <laughs> we've talked about it before on and off the cast. Last bullet on the docket. I never know what SZA are doing. And I don't believe nothing she say. That is my doll, but I just don't trust her. So she's released several album covers for this secret Lana project that allegedly is coming out this week. It'll be news to me if she made good on her promises, but all of the covers are weird and crazy and like, I don't ever know what she's doing. I just like it. Like, I really, I really, really enjoy this lady. But mama be lying. So, we will see. I'm ready for new music. I wore SOS into the ground for two years. Meanwhile, she's like, yeah, I don't care about the album no more. I, I don't think that it's anything wrong with her saying that. I just think that be on top of everything else that she say, it just be like, girl, shut up. Oh. I think that it's fine that once you create your art, it's out of your mind is out of your body and like it's relinquished to the world and that it's the world's now. I can't mm-hmm. kind of respect that because some of the stuff that she'd be talking about, mama was downtrodden out and like she'd be going through it in them songs. So I can see her not wanting to like 
relish on those things or like mm -hmm. dwell on those things. But if this album is going to be similar in topic, then I'm just like, well, you could keep liking the SOS shit, dog. I don't know. It's weird. What do you think the new album will sound like? I'm kind of confused on it because allegedly Lana started as SOS Deluxe. Mm -hmm. She was supposed to be just adding to what we already have. But now she did a couple interviews and has said that it's morphed into its own thing and she wants to put it out. But we also were promised the AEP for however long. Like nothing, a decade. Nothing can, like literally since before Control. So mm -hmm. I, SZA is a big we'll see in my book, but I always enjoy it when it comes out. We'll, we'll get back with y'all next episode if something happens. <laughs> it'll be news to me. It'll be news with news to us. But yeah, that was our topics. That was fun. Well, work. We're great. <laughs> we'll be back. Michael, this is your mother. I'm sitting up here laughing at your grandmother. She had to watch the grandmommy today. And she's aggravated. <laughs> I thought I'd call you and laugh at you about it. Laugh with you about it. I'll talk to you later. Mm. Do you want to be back? We back? What's going on? Yeah, we back. So, what are you listening to? <sighs> okay. We actually just posted about it. So, if y'all down to the Instagrams, as you should be following us on all platforms, at the Size Podcast, that's P-S-Y-C-E, yeah. <laughs> I'm still listening to Destin Conrad. Like, it's no shade. I really am still listening to that album-wise. But I've been trying to venture out into... Some new songs that I popped up after I had like got rid of the time frame of listening to all of my Spotify rap stuff. And I am a Jack Harlow apologist a little bit. You I, are. It's really crazy, but I like his new song, Loving On Me. I don't like no whips and chains, but you can tie me down. But you can put your loving on me. You can put your loving on me. Hits. Wow, I'm vanilla, baby. You are. That's a cute song. <laughs> and then today, literally before we started recording, I came across this group called The Sacred, the Sacred Souls, like Megan Thee Stallion. The is it them three, them three boys? Mm-hmm. Um, K-Fans was telling me to listen to their album. I listened to one song and I did like it. The I song that I was listening to today was called Can I Call You Rose? If that ain't a hit, I don't know what is. Their vibe is very... 70s black band and you know that's my wave so when i heard right. that i was like are these young men like what's going on and then i saw a picture and it's like and it's this black man with dreads and like they i don't know if they twins or not but it's these two latin guys and i was like sing y'all <laughs> the way that they merge their voices kind of gives me lewis and york and i love them too so mm. i'm gonna keep checking them out but that song is in heavy rotation. I've been listening to it all day now. Then, you know, I be going through my rotation of white girls. Tate McRae has been taking me by storm just off some dance shit. Her album finally came out and I've been listening to that. It's called Think Later. The singles already had me in the chokehold just because Sean Bankhead. Wow. Let's chat. <laughs> the places that this girl is getting, they are really trying to like put her up there on a pop girl pedestal and the type mm -hmm. of performer that she is is 
not one that we've seen from the whites in a while. They've been a little angsty. They've been a little different and like more unique than usual. But she is late 90s, early 2000s dance fish, like competition dancer. So you think you can dance monster of hip hop girl. She be bucking. <laughs> I like that. And then all of the boy dancers that I follow are on like different placements with her. I just watch everything that they do because dance children. She performed this song called Greedy that I really like. She performed this song called Exish. They let her open up the Billboard Awards. I was like, Oh, really? Actually, everywhere. Yep. And what I, label is she on? Because they're working. We're working. Let's look and see what label she's on because all I know is dance. <laughs> like, she has some of the same dancer girls as. Victoria Monet, like some of the girls on the On My oh. Mother video are in the background of her videos. And I'm just like, I kind of- always bringing the girls everywhere. Listen, they're my girls. They come with me. That's what he said. <laughs> it's giving package deal, baby. For sure. Tay McRae is on RCA. Wow. Oh, you know RCA do right by everybody but the, um, but the, the R&B girls. So they tried to shift for Jasmine. This last... They did. Month. They tried to shift for Jasmine, but I will never forgive them for how they did my girl Tanache, so it's not okay. And <laughs> now that I know that she's on RCA, something she said actually got on my nerves, and I want to know behind the scenes going on. So she credited Normani and Victoria Monet for bringing dance back to the mm -hmm. forefront. And there was a big conversation on Twitter about why Tanache's name was not in the conversation. And I had to put my diplomatic wig on. I be really trying to be in my Dre bag sometimes. It don't work though. So I can see her as an artist not knowing a Tanache. I can't see her as a dancer not knowing. Not knowing. And then because I'm thirsty, I've been watching old videos of her dance all month. She has danced to Tanache in some of the Millennium Studios, in the Play Studios, in all of that. I'm just like, you know my bitch. So <laughs> you know my bitch. <laughs> What's it giving? KS Latte. I feel <laughs> like I could blame this on RCA now that I know that she's with them. It's giving he who must not be named. They treat Tanache like Voldemort. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna go with that so I could keep liking Tate. <laughs> Whatever it takes, no Anita. Ooh, sing. Um, but her album, I think I said it already, it's called Think Later. Check her out. She's a doll. They also, she's a quick study too, and I like that. There was some chatter about her not giving enough vocally. Sean reworked every performance so that they gave her time to stand still and sing. Yeah, because I seen a clip and I was like, them mic ain't been near her mouth in this two-minute clip. But she did the Today Show and she did Fallon. That's the right, Jimmy. And the it? mic is up on that mouth. And the mic is up on that mouth. And they snatching it from her so she could buck the house down and giving it back <laughs> to her like Beyonce be doing. Because, you know, I can't hold it for so long. I like that. Yeah. That's, I guess that's all I'm listening to. I really keep running Doja and Destin back. I'm not going to stop. I might go see Doja again. She's got um, overseas tickets coming out soon. I saw that, and I was like, hmm. And she's going to be in Paris 
around Jerome's birthday. And you know we stand. So love Jerome. Let me find a way to save a piece of coin for the house and the, uh, and the, and the hotels. <laughs> house the hotels, sing Jacquees. Okay, it'd be me not knowing when it's a song that I sang. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a song. That's true. Well, my now playing. I really y'all. I mean, you know, I be going through them fits where I just be like not listening to a set album i just be like playing something for two seconds like i'll play like two songs of an album and then i'll be like whatever or i'll put my like stuff radio on but i haven't been intentionally listening to anything actually except for um i did have alicia bella um something in the water on repeat for like two hours last week <laughs> a lot of people miss that album everybody miss that album but that's why this is a spin the block episode we tell y'all to go back and listen to it Alicia Bella, it don't give she really want to be famous or anything because the album was so good. There's no skips top to bottom. Yeah, but man. it was like, where was the promotion? Where was the, like, anything around it? I feel like a lot of people don't even know who she who is. She is. Yeah. Even she was even on that reality show, we didn't see her recording music or nothing, so I don't think people are putting two and two together. But anyway, Something in the Water just had me in a place. Mississippi Dark Right. Cue the sun. sun. Like, Alicia, come on the cast. We've been saying it for years. What's going on? I'm not above the DM. That's the thing. I live for her. And I've said this on the show before. She gave me my first artist spotlight on demandamuse.com. We'll forever be grateful for that because Doll is a real, actual artist, songwriter, singer, songwriter, fish. And I think that even though there's buzz in the industry about her on the behind-the-scenes part, she's kind of like attached herself to men more famous than her a number of times that is is kind of like dimmed her light, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I don't know who she's currently seeing or if she's currently seeing anybody. She just be looking bomb on boats, and I like that. <laughs> I want to look bomb on a boat. But Sweet, Sweet Life by Frank Ocean, that song is about her. So she was linked to him at one point. She was linked to Todd Dollar Sign at a point, too, but I, I don't want to talk about that. And you're right. She got on the show on the strength of, I think, those connections. So we didn't really get to see much of her music life or music journey or anything like that. They kind of just made her look like one of the it girls in California, which she also is. So I thought that was cute. But as a fan, I wanted to hear that music. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought it back because now I'm going to listen to it, too. It's so good. I love that album. Yeah, it was one of my favorites of that year. She was on my Spotify wrapped. I remember vividly. Mine too. Oh, I do. Times two. So what this episode truly is about is albums that we feel like are worthy. We don't know what albums are anymore, actually. So albums, projects, EPs, placements, whatever the fucks <laughs> that we feel like deserve not only a spin the block, but like a rehashing. Because some of the stuff that I'm going to say, I would be interested in these artists re-recording and re-releasing. Right. Like, not even just me going back to listen to it. Do it again! <laughs> You're nuts. There's <laughs> also some on step list that I will be yelling about, so I'm going to let you start it off. Uh, <laughs> okay. The first one is Tiana Taylor 7. The way that me and Leah blasted request in Miami this weekend, hits. Just different, hits. Just, okay. Just different. 
that song again we talk about like the way songs take me down into a place because of the way that things are being said mm-hmm. things are being said just different than need to be said everybody needs to tap in like oh my god just different maybe maybe it's the liquor maybe it's the drug don't like, it is. Yeah. Dreams of sleeping with an R&B chick. Both versions. I heard your little bars about my cleavage dream shit. Don't waste my time if you come a nigga come right. Got a couple niggas on my line. Hits. Hits. What music? I don't really have to go into it. Like, y'all just need to listen to Tiana Taylor 7. I'm sick of it. It is so good. She can definitely re-release it. She could definitely go and make us a little piece of video for one of the songs. Put your love on me. You know they love um, Africa and the Caribbean right now. <laughs> make a video for Put Your Love On Me. Because, boy, I love me some too. Ooh, hold the note. What's the song that give Tina Marie... I'm money, money for the kids. See, I see you love me. Same. Man, she be fucking that shit up. Mm-hmm. Ain't none of your friend business. I'm sorry. It's straight through Bop Town on that shit. The ballads are even better from Better Than Everybody's song that year. She yeah. says, So as you look from far away. I love it when she do that. Ah! <laughs> We're standing. I don't think that Tiana Taylor gets enough credit for her actual vocal ability. That is talented in every area. She dressed better than everybody else. She's been looking bomb since Sweet 16. Even with the updated womanness of her, her give is everything to me. She looks so good. Like, put anybody beside her. It's a nasty battle. Like, wow. Style icon, actress of the Oscar nom doll, like, Singer extraordinaire. Whoo! Yes. So that's my first entry for Spin the Block. Okay. Now I'm going to have to actually open up my iTunes for this one because, again, illegal download cunt. And <laughs> some of the stuff that's on my list is not available for streaming. <laughs> but I want to talk at length about Luke James's Whispers in the Fucking Dark. First of all, Luke James should be where Lucky Day is. Oh, spicy. <laughs> he Ben should have had it. He spicy. Been. I had talking to the mic. <laughs> tap, tap, oh. tap. Is this thing on? Yeah, I feel that strongly about it. I, what he did on Whispers in the Dark was worthy of every award to me. It was worthy of way more recognition just overall and in general than it got. It is straight through hits. I feel like there's one song that I could have done without, and that's only because it was a little more rap heavy than I like from him, and he really sings better than everybody. Like, we say that about so many dolls, but Luke James has already established himself as the tribute guy. So any of those tributed people, tried and true tribute girls, are the best vocalists that we be having a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Think about the Lettuces, the Kiki Wyatt's, the Jill mm-hmm. Scott, 
Um, they be throwing Marsha Ambrosius in there. People are iffy about her sometimes, but she deserves, I feel. He's one of the guy versions of that. It was a long time where he was always on stage tributing somebody. So that automatically, mm -hmm. to me, give you vocal superiority over a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Strawberry Vapors. Strawberry Vapors. Sing falsetto of the... The blues, love child, be bad, be bad. He wanted to be Michael Jackson so bad or be bad. It's like beat its darker, younger brother or something. It's like, it's not like a scary movie. It's real how my demons look, but with a vocal. <laughs> it's like, this album is everything. He interpolates, not interpolates, but he has this part where it's a Martin clip. And it's from the episode where Martin was lying about how he met Gina. He was like, baby, I love you. You want to be my everything. You gotta I want to be your mother, your father, your lover. <laughs> 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 there is a sense of humor on certain songs. Like, I just really like when people put their entire self into a project. And it wasn't just vocals. It was so much personality in the music. The lyrics were good. Song mm. back, Boo King. And then to and go out of it with Mo Better Blues as the outro. And Mo Better Blues had clips from Mo Better Blues in it. It was just oh, very cinematic. It. Like, you know how we talked about Tanache's songs kind of giving you picturesque or like movie sometimes or very theatrical? The way that the sequencing was laid out on this was very cinematic to me. Like, I could see it even though there weren't but a couple visuals. Mm. He did his big one, even though I said I don't say that. He really did. The biggest. The big one, not the little. I like when people say that. Oh, not the little one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Next up is Sinead Hardnett. Ready is always too late. Listen, Little Miss Thailand put <laughs> a fool on this album. I knew about Sinead Hardnett um, from, I can see the cover of the project, but I can't think of the name. But I wasn't like, I didn't really go back to Alice. I'm like, oh, she can sing, whatever. But I feel it, it came out around the time where a lot of girls were going off. So I just didn't go back to as much as I wanted to. Yes. But um, Ready's Always Too Late came out in 2021. And I don't know if it's because we were still in the demic and I was really like listening to every single album that came out. But I listened to it all the way through and I was like, where's the skip tag? <laughs> a question. question has anybody you. seen them <laughs> where are they like what? her what? pen what? is so crazy yeah her pen is crazy can you um, tell the people about distraction for me ooh is that enough distraction <laughs> you get one night of passion charge you up all week. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie go point to the air when she okay. talks. Stephanie, I want the road. <laughs> I want to see you on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's enough distraction for you, for you. Mm. Okay, so first of all, she had the girls on the album. She had Lucky Day on here. She had Masego on here. She had Van Jess. Dolls formerly known as Van Jess on here. I mean, because look, the one sister said, bye, married. I'm out. Relationship me. I don't got to sing about it no more. I'm living it, doll. 
<laughs> Listen, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, they're all the girls and they all have flawless discography. So it only makes sense that when they're together that the music is really great. Standout songs for me is Last Love. Nothing gets in the way like your last love. She really thought hey. she was Hey. It sounds just like I think I'm jealous of your girlfriend. Oh, but I have a theory that all the non-black or mixed girls of new, their direct influence, or they're the children of Alicia Keys. Sinead, her vibe, give me Alicia Keys. Snow, give me Alicia Keys. Like all the not black girls, they their music sounds so much like Alicia. And I think like, you know how like we be like giving Onika fever or whatever, but I realize it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Like little Kim of the younger millennials and Gen Z. And I feel like for us, we like Brandy, Brandy, Brandy. But Alicia came in the top of the 2000s. And so, and she was the, the girl of the early 2000s. So like sure. we be giving Alicia a lot of fever, but I feel like I see her influence in a lot of the girls. I'm glad you explained that because you said it in like passing because we be talking about music way too not much. Stop. It's it's really just not even the cast. Like it be on the phone, it be in the text, it be in the group chat, it be down to Jackie House. Like <laughs> music is getting talked about. And when you said it, I was like, hmm, I see it for sure in Snow because her early projects, I thought it was Alicia Keys. It came, no shade. It came on at random, and I was like, Alicia got new music out, but it was her. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that there is something there. We might need to massage it a little bit because I don't have I don't have many girls that I can give that to. Yeah, no, it's 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 a thing. It is a thing. And we will maybe we'll do a little fun little reel where we be like the daughters of Alicia and we like break down <laughs> all her children. The daughters but Alicia got babies. I like, she birthed sons, but she got daughters. Okay, she birthed sons, but she got daughters. You think that you Ooh, are- all her kids is boys. Oh, Nika Tanya. So wait, I feel for for me, I think that Alicia's music is so rooted in her musicianship. I can't get away from the piano, and that's why I'm having a hard time pulling her with the other girls. Snow actually sounds like her sometimes, but I'm thinking about Alicia as a musician, and I don't see like the reason that she stormed the way she did when she first came out was literally because of that instrument. Was that piano? Of, of course, the songs were immaculate. Songs of a minor goes down in history for me and diary. But I need a piece of instrument from a from a girl for, to have an, a better example. I think. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying more so in the sound and how mm-hmm. they sing. Mm-hmm. Snow for sure. They give uh, you a shot there sometimes, but it's Alicia Cody. Yeah, cause she don't have the elusiveness and the slide, the slideness that Sade gets with Sade. I, whatever, another conversation other day. Right. But um, another song I love is like this, where she say, "You can drive a car or ride this Cadillac." <laughs> Wait, let me back it up. She says the first verse. She says, "How would you know any better if you never had it?" And I promise it's even better than you imagine. There's a this on part right here. There's a difference between heaven and regular. You can't drive a car or ride this Cadillac. Take you to the stars. It's time to level up to a love like this. You ain't never had another kiss like this. 
Listen, find this once in a lifetime. Bet you glad you waited for the right time to make love like this. She ate that. Like, that is, <laughs> like I love when the girls be like, chow. It's just the number eight all throughout the comments. Look, okay. Um, and then, of course, distraction. Obvious. Is it obvious is that it? I didn't come here with anyone? <laughs> is it? That's what I be asking. That actually happened to me every day, people. Oh, my God. What? We'll chat offline. <laughs> Not we can chat online. Somebody definitely thought that I was with somebody that I wasn't, and they were scared to like approach because of that. So Ooh. yeah, I, we mm. it's, it's fine. I was talking to who I needed to be talking to. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's just so hard to say all the things that I wanted to say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> with a beat change, I be partying. <laughs> yeah, the album was really good, and I don't think that no. Not to chase you about. when I get so lonely. Shouldn't want you when I'm lonely, but I get so lonely. I knew her pen was insanity came when if you just let me came out. Same. That song is forever. It was on every alternative R&B playlist known to man. And I was like, this is a hit. <laughs> he got a song called High Wire. On the high She be singing. Like, I don't like when people do Aaliyah, but her Aaliyah song is cute. Her and Alex Osley could do Oh, what she do at your best, you are. Love. Huh. It's a really just her, Frank Ocean, and Alex Osley that I will let do anything with that. Anybody else, I'd be like, uh-uh. But the way that Alex was churching at your best, you are love at the, uh, anyway, it's not my turn. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm done. It's your turn to go, Nando. Oh, let me be gay for five seconds. So, <laughs> I know that a certain segment of the people that listen to this show are going to know exactly who these girls are, but the yes ma'ams had potential to be pop fucking excellence. And I am so sad that it just, a pop emergency. <laughs> a bop and a pop emergency. <laughs> we'll, we might not ever get it again. It's just like one of those things that's a staple in time. It's like time capsuled for us. But that project, Top to Bottom, was the one. It came out at a time where we didn't really have any like cute bitch music at all. No girl groups at all. No get ready to go out and dance with your homegirls type of shit. And they were hot. It was years. I'm kind. Those girls, wow. That infamous New Year's party that they hosted down the park place. Like, I just have so many memories, good and bad, about that time. But anytime that that music was on, I was having a ball. I love that. I want to always have a ball. Let me list out these highlights because music was. What? Out. <laughs> First of all, Firestarter, period. Oh. Every fashion show from here until the end of time need to have that in it. Vanessa, how you write a whole song about your veg and name her? Cunt. <laughs> Current affair, what girls are made of. Okay, so first of all, what girls are made of that only if you say so were two of my favorite songs because you know I'm obsessed with Kevin Michael. Like, he was my favorite male singer for a very long time, but it's something so special about certain men's work with women Mm -hmm. and they left his backing vocals in some of the songs that he did for them and I'm pointing out the runs because that was 
the one. Like, only if you say so, hit music. What girls are made of right there, light up the night. Light up the night had potential to be like a TRL number one, in my opinion. And things just didn't go all the way forward with those girls, but I loved that album so, 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 so much. What do you think happened? I I, mm, I don't want to get the case in trouble. I know what happened. Oh, oh okay. All right, we'll talk offline. Yeah. Next up is India showing Outer Limits. I'm about to cry. Okay, so I feel like India Sean has been like really, really, really getting her flowers for her most recent project and the work that she's been doing with like um, Free Nationals and with Harry Styles. But I need the girls to rewind. I know the OG, OG project is Origin, but for me, my party starts with her on Outer Limits. And so that was the album that she did with um, James Fauntleroy, The Doll. And I just love their project so much. Like, it came out in 2015. I was writing for MySpace Music at the time. So MySpace had a blog, a music magazine, online magazine. And I was writing for them at the time. And um, they actually gave me her project to review. I didn't know who she was, even though... She did have a song on the St. Heron project, but I don't know. I just didn't connect with me, mm-hmm. I guess. Because I don't I don't really remember why I wasn't already so aware of her. And it was something about that Outer Limits project. I just continue, continue to listen to it. It just feels like summer. It feels warm. I put it on when I want to be in a good mood. It just feels good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the things, again, the things that she be saying, like, one son. One Fucking son. It's a thing. You need energy. You get it from me. I need energy. I get it from you. That's why we be drained and feeling confused. This the part. When I'm running low, I do what you say. <laughs> Identify, doll. Look, I do. I don't say nothing else. Clock in and tap in. Yeah. That album ep whatever you want to call it it just feels so good and if you love her most recent project cali love and all those songs um that's definitely a good a good place to go back to and check out and it's a really nice evolution of where she was in 2015 musically i live one son is one of my favorite songs of hers in general of all time like one son let me show you more or less. Are we kidding? Floating away. Hey, floating away. Float away. Like. <laughs> like all her songs are just so sexy on this project. Like, you know, like you, I need you to lay on top of me so I won't float away. Listen. I... <laughs> yes. As a serial cuddler, <laughs> yes. I would prefer a pickup truck, but a man will do. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, so, yeah, I love I love their project. It just feels nice. It just makes you want to just, like, be beautiful in a short skirt with a cute man. <laughs> you love music that could give that. <laughs> Hello? That is, that is who I am. I am a girl that just wants to frolic and feel cute with a cute man for the night or for the day. Like, like I love music that give 
day long date with a man you'll never see again, but act like y'all in love. I'll be wanting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get the feeling, but I'll be wanting more. And if I can't have more, then I don't do the day. Oh. <laughs> There's that on that. We done on India Shaw or should we stand some more? Because I have to. Okay. <laughs> My friends go off about the next song. The next album. Mother May I talk about A's Marie. Every two eyes, baby. This little double whatever the fuck, because again, we don't know what things are. I think that it was a two-part EP. 4 Mulholland and after 4 a.m. Release them now. They are, you kind of got to find them. Like they're on streaming, but I feel like Apple don't have everything and Spotify don't have everything. So you got to use both worlds. They still showed up on my little piece of iTunes. So oh, good, 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 good. But, but it's not like, but because she spells her name different, it's, you do have to dig to find it. It's a little Sherlock Holmesy how I be piecing it together. But <laughs> the songs, song. Now, I do like one of them better than the other. I okay. am a 4 a.m. Mulholland set. <laughs> because the title track, 4 a.m. Mulholland, Alias, Amnesia, not <laughs> Amnesia is a Hit. Remember we used to say hit the stick like grits? It do. Baby amnesia, the wall. I want the wall. (laughs) I wish they they said that. I want the wall. The wall. You don't feel that. You don't believe that. To the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I want it. I want the wall. (laughs) She was like, oh, McDonald. Yeah, yeah, oh, he goes to night. on This cat is banji. <laughs> the song of this project that spins me and my block a heart's for the break in. Baby, I know it's your show right now, but baby, <laughs> what you got to say? <laughs> That's all I had to say. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to explain to somebody why I liked Doja Cat and Tinashe one night and this came on and I was like, this is why. Where you was at that that hard for the breaking came on? Shuffling over Jess House. Oh, okay. I'm supposed to be like, wait now. We was taking turns on Spotify one night after dinner and this oh. came on one of my playlists and she was like, I've never heard this. I was like, it's playing. Mm. Hearts for the Breaking needed a visual. Y'all know what Amory gives. She's bad. She's gorgeous. She could wear an outfit. She look good. She sound good. She got music that will last the test of time. Like, we still feel like spring whenever we hear Why Don't We Fall In Love. And this little two-part situation was such a departure from all of the type of music that we even knew from her. And she mm-hmm. had taken a break for, like, a, a while, actually. Because a really long time. Curious video came out in like 2018. I think these two projects came out in 2018. We hadn't heard anything from a Marie in like four or five years before that. So mm-hmm. 
for her to come back and her sound to be so current, but also so different, I was amazed. I was like, yeah, she oh. had the auto tune that people that did hear were like, oh, we don't like the auto tune, but it was what the times were given, and it, it was, was just a vibe. It was, it was like she really coined a piece of an air that she don't get credit for because again, when I liken her back to early Doja Cat or early Tanache. That is what their music sounded like for a section of both of their careers. She just sounds different singing than they do. So I was mm. like, this is a good example of like, if you like this, then I don't understand why you wouldn't like that. Because mm -hmm. I can pinpoint specific songs from very early to Nashe, like Reverie and that first album. I never can think of the name of it. But even stuff from her two on era, it's got moments that could stem from this 4AM situation. Mm -hmm. Emery twirled it like <laughs> she really did. You'll never hear about these songs anywhere else but this podcast, and that's why we are the premier R&B podcast because yes. we yes. are talking about projects that are amazing that went under the radar that did not get the love that they deserved, and so y'all need to tap in with us because we be knowing. We be knowing for real. It's like who know music better than us? <laughs> Hello. I wish that she would take a break from, I really, I really don't even want to say that. I like what she's doing in the literature space and the book space and the brain and academia space. Like I like. And the go going off about Israel and Gaza space. Live for all of that. I like politician A. Marie, but I wish I could get a little piece of live performance of something from mm -hmm. this era of music of hers. Cause it really goes unnoticed. I don't think that people even know this shit came out. Right. And I still be playing it. Like, right. Oh, I'm about to play it as soon as the show is over. What? Like, I'm talking to music. I want to listen to my song. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's run through some more. Next up is Ray Louise Nostalgia 1990X. Baby. The vocal cord is laced in platinum. Diamond, if you will. So, if you're not familiar, Ray Louise is a young artist out of Atlanta. Um, this project came out in 2018. And it's really interesting because when this album came out, or a little bit after, was around the time when everybody was mad at Bruno Mars for doing New Jack Swing. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, he's hijacking New Jack Swing. And I was like, well... This EP just came out. They got two New Jack Swing songs on it, and it's a young black girl making it. So how about y'all play that? Listen mm -hmm. to that. Hype that up since y'all are so upset that somebody that's not black is making New Jack Swing. But the thing about Ray Louisa, she sings better than everybody. Do. So, like, if we could describe Ray Louisa's voice, I would say it's, like, brandy in terms of the texture of it like how she how she says how she sings words and how she like molds the words mm -hmm. but then there's like this undercurrent of like a kimberell it's but i mean it's weird to talk about them too because brandy mixed kimberell and whitney to get her sound Right, but I mean, in terms of like that, that little bit of like rasp, that mm -hmm. little like it's like a I, wine. Yeah, it's like she heard she has a very particular tone. Mm -hmm. But I mean, show you all. 
O-I-Y-R, let me know, mine, L-Y-N-M. I mean, she, the, and the thing is, again, I love artists that put a bunch of different R&B sounds in one album because it shows the range of what R&B can be. So she got two New Jack Swing songs on there, but then she got the more vibey, uh, don't, for lack of a better word, sounding songs too, but she could sing, so it make it that much better. But yeah, she's been consistently putting out music. She's been performing. I stand Ray Louise. Um, I like all her projects, The Sweetest Revenge too. But there's just something about the Nostalgia 1990X project that I just think is chef's kiss. Yeah. Magnus Opus tease. The first time I ever saw Duran Bernard sing live, she opened up for him. Oh, wow. I literally, I was down Apache in Atlanta. I was through the floor. Like, you know, <laughs> you know how cartoons run through the wall and it's just the print of them? <laughs> that was you. It was me down Apache. The bar didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> he really It's fair. They don't. I I have no notes for her vocals. I, I really don't. She had a project before Nostalgia that I really, really liked. It had a song called Muse on there. So, you know, I was standing and it was a song called Wrong Impression that I loved. But this one, it just showed how much she had grown mm. in a very short amount of time. Because I found her on SoundCloud. Like, she okay. was never a big name or anything like that. And then she just started popping up everywhere. And I was like, oh, wait, she about to do something. I live for her. Live. Come on the cast, Ray. Everybody. What's going on, man? What are you doing? Come by. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, no Ari. Okay. <laughs> Every song is a song. Everything is a fucking song. It's late. That's an no Ari wasn't shade. I would actually love for Ari to stop by too. Like, what's going on? Stop by is one of my favorite songs on that project. Okay, your turn. I think that everyone who listens to the show knows how I feel about Last Train to Paris. So as a departure from Last Train to Paris, not only did the Dream worked with Dirty Money to do a collab remix album that also should honestly be on this list. But then Dawn and Kalina both separately had their own solo EPs. Miss Kalina. I don't even know how to put into words how I feel about Chamber of Diaries. The year was 2012. please and you would think that my little piece of midnight blue Hyundai Sonata was a matte black truck anytime that song came on I feel like Kalina is responsible for the sound overall for Last Train to Paris so to hear her do her own music and kind of carry that into a solo project I didn't know what to do with myself Every song is worthy of praise on this album. <laughs> it's another one that I feel like you got to be down to the downloads to get it because I don't know where it is, but my iTunes music library keeps everything that I ever downloaded ever from any place on all my devices. Thank God for Steve Jobs. Because 6,000 Sisters, Matt Black Truck, Love Rock, Poison, 
the morning after, like, every time that somebody asked me to make them a playlist this year, some of these songs was on there. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't letting Kalina be unsung any longer. I said, you will listen to this. <laughs> what you listen to you like your music is so good like you always teaching me new stuff blah 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 blah. all right bitch listen to this i'm gonna make a playlist for you but 10 of them songs gonna be laying the... <laughs> i'm hollering but i get it <laughs> i could not stop listening to it like the production on it it just sounded like if you take her parts of all of the songs on Last Train to Paris, but then make that a whole song with amplified production and like her twist on things, cause she's another one that's like a student of Brandy. Her and Dawn kind of had that combined and she brings a coolness to it. Like the girls from Total. It's a very mm. unique mix of gives that are, are familiar, but because of Last Train to Paris as like a, a case study, I feel like, she was able to embolden her sound even more. Mm. And I had just never heard nothing like it before in my life. I Now that I probably will be playing when we done. Cause yeah. That'd <laughs> be the one thing about the cast. Cause like we, after we talk about all this music then I gotta go listen to it and then I'm just standing all over again. Well, Monica say, I'm still standing. <laughs> I'm still standing. <laughs> Standing, standing, I actually hate that. Standing, ooh, standing. I love the down part. Ooh, <laughs> the low octave. <laughs> um, okay, so for this next round, I'm actually going to combine two um, albums and one one shablam. So. We have an episode that um, is kind of like not on the internet anymore because a certain platform gooped us, but we will find it and we will put it back on the uh, streaming. But we were talking about how basically legacy acts, like 90s R&B acts, get so much life for, oh, they're my favorite in the 90s or whatever. But millennials have not done a good job with continuous support of these legacy 90s artists even as they have been continuing to put out great music. Yeah. Um, which has been like a point of frustration for the cast because if if you love SWV, why is y'all not listening to the I Miss Us album? The <laughs> Grammy nominated I Miss Us album. Mm. It's, a, it's a couple on your list that go in this category to me. Well, well, I, I'm putting I'm putting them together with 112's Q Mike Slim and Duran album, which came out in 2017. Same. Um, so I missed us came out 2012. Um, so we just missed the anniversary, but I'm sure we might have talked about the last year. I don't know. But um, Cosine was the first single off of the project. And I thought that was a really strong and great single. I love Cosine. It's fun. It reminds you of, like, anything. Like, oh, SWU, you can really, like, vibe. I'm so into you, anything, vibe. I'm so into food. Sorry, uh, baby. I'm hungry. It's okay. Me too. I get it. <laughs> um, but, y'all, when I tell you them slow songs, like, and also... Everybody said they ain't never heard Lily sing. 
Lily got a solo on Cosign. She opens Cosign. She has a verse on, is it Everything I Love? Is that on this project? Yeah. Is it Everything I Love? Yeah. Everything I Love. She got a verse on Everything I Love. And they actually performed that song. That's one of my favorite SWB songs of all time. They <laughs> performed that at the verses at... I was at Rihanna's house losing it because Rihanna had, had got her um uh, she got her karaoke mics. So we was karaoke and no <laughs> annoying. But we was singing karaoke the whole verses. And I love everything I love. Like that is one of my favorite SWB songs. Better than I is a fucking cool ass bop. Time to go, a banger, love unconditionally, keep you home, like. This and then and then show off. So I again, I like when the 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 artists of back in the days can be with the times and show off is one of those with the times songs that has like a little trap beat. But I love how they reference Jodeci because the open of the song is "Come and talk to me, get on your throne tip." Yeah. Make it like you really want it. It's a hit. So I love I Miss Us. And of course, they have If Only You Knew, the Kayla Bell cover, uh, which I think they actually wound up winning a Grammy for, actually, is on this album. They were in a couple nominations that year because the group chat wouldn't let me not know it. You and Madden, listen. And Dre. Yeah, Dre stands as well. I just don't want to talk about it as much as y'all. <laughs> But as long as you like it, though. Wait, speaking of verses, I also want to put in this category when Escape was Escape. I, I was literally looking at this list, and I was like, she didn't put them on here. I'm confused. <laughs> so there was a moment when Candy Burris thought she was above the girls of Escape. She not? She's not. <laughs> I kind of just wanted you to say that. <laughs> not from a vocal. Not from a vocal, no. From coin. That whole back and forth with Latasha, this most recent rehashing, got me like, bye. So they were escaped, but because of legal things, they had to make the E a three. And they put out an EP called Here For It in 2018. And let me tell you something, Memory Lane. Back down. I was going up for this album. I was. Yeah, like, memory lane and dream killer, excuse me. My thing with this whole thing is, that sounds like, oh, Sherry, oh, my God. I am more SWV than I am Escape. But Escape was cooler to me. I get it. And even in these two projects that you're talking about, I still thought Escape's was cooler. It was giving young hot girl <laughs> on on this project where SWB was giving we grown women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Picking yeah. our husbands. I mean, as it should be. We need both sides of the coin. Do. But then the other project that I wanted to put in this category of like legacy artists whose projects y'all need to go back and support 112's last album as a four member group. The Q, Mike, Slim, and Darren album. Okay. First of all, Without You is one of my favorite male R&B songs of all time. Like, the way they were singing, and, and the thing is, I think they made Dangerous Games the single, the lead single, and I love that song, but I don't think that that 
should have been the song um, to kind of uh, introduce the album. But Come Over, Without You, Both of Us, um, you know, 112 don't do nothing without Faith Evans. So there's a 112 Faith Evans interlude. Um, they have a song called Lucky that's really fun because um, the beat, it's like three different beat changes in the song. And then they have a duet with Jagged Edge on the album. That's my song. I love that song. Yeah. So, and, and they sound so good. All four of them are singing. All four of them got solos. All four of them sound better than everybody except Joe. <laughs> oh, I need to find out when them tickets go on sale for Joe and Tamia. I'm going to keep I think they already is. Let me know when it's in my money. <laughs> I'm not playing. I love to me and I love Joe Live. Both of them is so good. So yeah, I just wanted to uplift those three projects of legacy artists who just went under the radar. Again, not with the Grammys, yeah. but they went under the radar with the people. So I'm just saying, millennials, we want y'all want to do the R&B parties and all of that, but y'all definitely need to add SWV Show Off, 112 Lucky, and Memory Lane. By Escape. It's not really Escape. It's Escape, but we just say that to be funny. Um, I have a question about that because last episode we talked about how millennials fall out of the wave of new stuff and are missed by what's now because it doesn't include that 90s sound, but they don't keep up with the 90s artists that are still making music either. And I don't get it. Like, I don't. It should be one or the other, but it's neither, and that confuses me. Because the love is shallow, and I have this whole theory about how, uh, and I, I really need to like talk to Malik because Malik can Malik is just a way better spoken than me, mm. way smarter than me, way more scholarly than me. But I have this theory that millennials with college degree millennials have a very like shallow engagement with blackness. And so it's like, we do things mm. that are more representational than actually like deeply embedded in us. So it's like me and you genuinely love SWV. Mm -hmm. Shout out to JR. JR genuinely loves SWV. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we just like them when anything come on at the 90s R&B party for the thousandth time. We're generally down to the project singing show off or singing yeah. everything I love. Or even because just the deep cuts of their old stuff that might not get to play. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like we engage us, you know, like our circle of people, the people that listen to the podcast, we just engage in blackness in a deeper, more cellular way I where most people just kind of engage it surface. So it's like, oh my God, I love SCV so much, but ain't never seen them live. Ain't take the time to go see them in concert. Ain't keeping up with their new stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's a sad state of affairs. I think the conversation around R&B outside of this show would be a lot more pleasant if they did. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That might be an episode topic to, like, really deep dive in. I think we should and bring JR back because... JR is somebody that really be keeping the legacy artist names alive through R&B reps and through um, um, his new music series on weekly new music series on YouTube. Love that. And it's always people that go unnoticed or like you just wouldn't know. They were still down to the studio with the same engineers and same producers sometimes mm -hmm. working on five music. So come on the cast of 2024, love. <laughs>
year ago. Now, I'm going to fast forward us to, to a little bit of the R&B of now. Because this right here is my swag. L, the Kalani's are on me down. <laughs> she ate that album up casually. Mama be chilling. Now. And literal mama because she was pregnant out. <laughs> but we went off, mostly me, about Blue Water Road. Or whatever her last project was. It was so pretty. I love every song. Very mature album. Love everything that she did on it. But this motherfucking EP. <laughs> why would you start this off with footsteps? While we, wait, while we Wait is one of Kilani's top three projects for me. Footsteps featuring Music Soul Child is one of Kilani's top five songs for me. Period. Ever in life. Point Blank and V. It's something about this project that was just totally different. different. No Tamar. Hope she's well. So like, Nice Like This was the lead single. And earlier we talked about an emotional attachment. Nice Like This used to have me in the bed, in the fetal position. <laughs> Rocking back and forth. Where's my straight jacket? I'm down to the borderline like Brandy. <laughs> abusing Ambien. Nice <laughs> Like This with Ty Dolla Sign. And he did his good singing on that one. The lyrics in that Ooh, don't give me a phone and a drink. Wow. <laughs> it's just, it's something so cool about how Kehlani can take all of her inspirations from some of these legacy acts because she's very, very into... She's Alicia Coded to me. She's Alicia Coded to you too? Mm -hmm. I don't hear that at all. I need a piano. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Piana. Because because Kelani is more Mary J. Blige to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I like this discourse. Okay. <laughs> like I think that I think that I'm finally starting to understand what you mean and who you mean about the Alicia stuff. But Alicia really not known for bops in the way that a Kelani and a Mary are. Mm. And I think that it's just something a little more hip hop about how they present their version of R&B. It's more so how they sing. It's okay. not the songs, it's how they sing. Like, they sing like Alicia. Even though I think they have they sing better than Alicia, mm -hmm. but the style of her singing, I think they fall under. I'm going to listen with a song that A minor in mind, and then <laughs> we can revisit. Because it's something there, but I just would never... Th I, I think it's partially because I just don't be thinking about Alicia in general as much as I should. Even though that last project was everything. But I don't hear her in Kehlani. We gonna, we gonna circle back. We gonna circle back. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> RPG, Butterfly, Love Language in the album. What's wrong with you? Oh, I don't think that y'all get it. Kehlani is one of the dolls. Her name don't get wrong as much as it should either. Tate McCray could have said her as well. She danced down, she sings, she used every part of her voice, she cool and swaggy, she used to date Victoria Monet, all of that matters to me. <laughs> Dated lives matter, okay. <laughs> what I say earlier today, interracial dater braids, I need to be taken out. You weren't wrong though, that's the thing, but we'll talk offline, we don't want to offend. It was real bad, yeah, I actually don't even want to talk about it there. So, 
I can't say I don't have words. I go listen to while we wait, everybody. I'm holding up the record because I was thirsty when I seen this in the record store. Why buy the vinyl? You gotta buy the album. Look, we like the applause, but we needed people to buy the album. Yeah, she could actually perform some of those songs a little bit more for me. We went to see her live as a cast. The people was acting a fool in that audience, but she was going off on that stage, and none of those songs were played. I wonder if... You like this? Because that was the single, but oh. she won't really show love to the rest of that project, and I wonder if it's because, like we said, some of the songs, some of the albums that we're talking about, they really did go under the radar, so I wonder if they're like, well, damn, nobody listened. Or if they're like, these not what they want to hear from me. Because I personally would love for her to just put me in a room. Music Soul Child could be on FaceTime. And we could be <laughs> over and over and over again, honestly. Because what the fuck? I want to read. Uh-uh, let me open this up really quick. Because I'm going to read the lyrics so that y'all understand why I'm going off so bad about Miss Footsteps. <laughs> the foots were stepped, all right? Kaylani. <laughs> I love what old black people gotta say the thing out loud they type in. <laughs> it starts off hard. Patience could have done us well. Cause I could tell that all we lack was presence. Then I would have failed. You could have helped. But here's to being honest. Mm. Neither of us knew what we wanted. Mm. But all we knew is that we cared. Still, all we painted was a moment. And when I walked away, Brandy, I left footsteps in the mud so that you could follow me. And when I walked away, whew, she said, you're so bad at holding water. Slips right through your fingers. Mm. We both end up drowning. I would hit the ground and then the path would wash away. Wash away. Wow. She ate that. She really did. The lyrics on this, the music soul childness of this, this could have been on Half Crazy. Like, this could have yes. been one of his songs. I, listen, your time, because I, I start bursting into tears. <laughs> well, next up is Tink Winner's Diary series. All of them. <laughs> There's four Winner Diaries. Winner's Diary, the original, came out in 2012. Winner's Diary 2 was 2014. Winner's Diary 3 was 2015. And 4, which was the final in the series, was 2016. Hits. So, y'all know I say this all the time. Tink gave the girls a style to run with. What yeah. the girls are doing now, the... No Shade, The Summers, The Mariah's, not Carrie, The Kiana's, The Queen Nigers. Everything they're doing now, Tink started in 2012. So her first song ever out the gate that really did crazy was Bonnie and Clyde. Mm. And that was on the Winner's Diary 1 project. I love that one, but I really want to talk about 2 or 3. Actually, I'll go to 4 and then I'll come back. When is Diary 4, 2016, I'll never forget this. I My job had, like, shut down for, like, a month. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go to California and just be on my cousin's couch and be warm in, like, dry heat. 
So I was in LA for the whole summer. Tech, I was technically in Pasadena. Shout out to, to Tanache at my cousin's fab house in uh, Pasadena. And I was listening to nothing but Winner's Diary 4 and Travis Scott, Birds in the Trap. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say your ghetto, but they're actually not a ghetto album. See? Chancey on this singer down, sorry. Oh, panning. <laughs> uh, so Winner's Diary 4, show it, be single. Be single. That's what I be telling the people because y'all don't want to be in these relationships with these people. Ooh, she said, no, because I want to read what she said because y'all wasn't hearing Tink when she said. Mm. <laughs> what she say? <laughs> what is say? What is say? You say you want to live your life? Well, that's fine. Just break up and be single. Like, it's simple as that. It's really um, simple, everybody. Aquafina, real upgrade, MVP, surpri- surprises. Surprises. Do you like surprises? Because no. everything I do to you is brand new. And I know you're going to like it. Hello? My song. Do you like surprises is a problem. Okay, when is Diary 2? That had Treat Me Like Somebody. That song had the hood on Smash. (laughs) (laughs) Treat Me Like Somebody had the hood on Smash. Every hood bitch was crying to that song the summer that's dropped, okay? (laughs) You understand? I went here in New York because, you know. Right. But when I would be home in Philly, it was no escape and treat me like somebody. And I was glad because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be escaped from it. I wanted to be overwhelmed like Jill Scott. Okay. Other songs on When Is Diary 2, Lullaby, Hit My Line. You live for Hit My Line. That's funny. Hit My Line. She said, I'll be damned if I missed that call so you know my phone up loud. The ringer is on. <laughs> Your secrets when it rains, time. I just want your time. At the end, when she just says, I just want your time, really soft and light over and over. That song is just a music song, two and two. Baby, I was waiting for you to say it from the mountaintops. (laughs) Why would you sample previous cats? Woo! What on? Two and two. And my last song on there that I love is Fight It. I mean, it's just like Tink really is the blueprint for like Anaya is another one I think is from the school of Tink as well. Like Absolutely. Same exact type of storytelling. I live for Anaya. And that's what it is, right? Tink's storytelling and her music is just unmatched. And then she's doing it on these like very rappy trap beats. Um, so Winner's Diary 3 is my favorite in the series. Top to bottom, no skip. I like H2O, Jupiter. I have no words. Did you, Jupiter. Um, there's somebody else. Strip Club. Strip Club is a problem. I want to hear that at the strip club. What? She said, lift her. Lift <laughs> her. Actually, Jill Scott says lift her, but, <laughs> but what 
what Jill Scott is talking about on her, on her song, the same thing that Tig is talking about in Strip Club. Strip Club was about this girl who's dancing because her mom put her out. She got pregnant and she's just trying to find a way or make one. And that song is just so good. Now think about it, they would actually play really nice with that song that Summer has about when she was dancing on mm -hmm. on Soft Life. Um, but medicine, I mean, like, Tink is just, her pen is crazy. And some people will be like, oh, this shit ghetto. But the storytelling is so rich. I think everybody should go back. Her whole discography is fire. But go back and really dive into the Winner's Diary series from um, Tink. If you grew up reading Fly Girl or, like, the coldest winner ever, or any of them Omar Tyree books, Sister Soldier, like any of those, Eric Jerome Dickey, Elin Hurst, listen to Tink. <laughs> listen to Tink. It's literally that type of storytelling put to song and over top of very current beats. And mm -hmm. I, I love when Stephanie says that she gave the girls a style to run with because she's never going to get the credit for that. She's mm -hmm. been so mishandled industry-wise Lord, I don't even want to talk about that because, like, I'm trying to get on, whatever. I'm trying to get on a good foot when it comes to Timberland because he has done some strange things. But she deserves, like, way more. And she another one that don't leave the studio. Like, she no, got, She just put out something, like, two weeks ago. See, I can't keep up with her, actually. She had a single, but she just put out an album, too. Like, like two, three months ago. And it's probably Let the album breathe, dog, because I'm still on the one from last year. It's probably all about Young Bird. Child. I kind of don't want to hear that. I, I I can prioritize that a little later on. I'm still on Pillow Talk from last year. That project went off to me. Man. Another person that we stand as a family on the site, Miller J. Uh! Now, we oh. talk about Miller J and the amount of music that we know of hers ad nauseum on this show. But there was a very special EP that she put out with the guys from BC Kingdom called Press Start. Yo, Corey be killing me talking about how he be scared of them. They look like, he said they look like they like killing EP. Because <laughs> you know, they always look like ominous in all their photos all the time. Ooh. Corey was like, they eat people. <laughs> Corey's like, he has a way with telling jokes. And I don't even think he'd be laughing at himself. And I'd be on the ground. <laughs> they eat people is wild. They do be looking ominous, though, in their photos. I'm not going to hold you. But they're attractive, if that makes sense. I get so it. I am yes. still a little scared. But that's what I was thinking as soon as you brought Corey up. Because I feel like that's his, his set as well. Because oh. <laughs> we, our sets be cross pollinating. Live for Corey. <laughs> Hey, core supporter of the cast. We love you. Every song on here, it's only about six of them, <laughs> but it's really a straight listen. Like, sometimes I don't want a playlist. Like, sometimes I don't want to think about moving music around and sequencing and all of that stuff. So when projects short and sweet like this come out and I can just, like, shower through the whole thing or like get dressed through the whole thing no pressing a button no nothing i could just focus on my focus on sit in the closet and cry you know what i get it do something to me and then i like when people mix pop in r&b in a way that goes hidden like if you don't know it's like a if you know you know thing 
They have a song on here called Play and Ninja. One of them interpolates the Spice Girls holler. <laughs> what? First of all, sing sporty. <laughs> she really thought that she was the white Jasmine Sullivan on that song. She's singing down. <laughs> but the way that they fuse it in, and this came out in, it was a SoundCloud set, so the year probably ain't even up nowhere. Let me look. Probably like it, a 2012-ish. It was like early aughts-ish, like tail mm-hmm. end. 13, maybe 14, maybe, but they kind of took all of the new of that time frame, like the Kalela from like Cut For Me, the mm-hmm. uh, Aluna George, like they just kind of mm-hmm. mixed all of that in and had Miller J singing over top. Because you know what BC Kingdom give? It's like real electronic, but vibe at the same time. Like, you could kind of groove like it's a Janet Jackson video, but it's a whole bunch of carrying on in the backgrounds. I stand. And, and Miller J's music is kind of, she make cute bitch music, of course, but her sound is her sound. And this took her away from it. And I love mm-hmm. it. I love when people yeah. are able to show me that they're capable of doing more than just what they're known for. And it still be good. Like and she still be good. Yeah, she kind of went out on a limb to give us something drastically different from what she usually does. And it's still, because this was after she had kind of gotten more, a, the little bit of mainstream success that she got after like Smoke, Drink, Turn Up or whatever the name of that song was, Best Friend, like some of those type of songs. She came out with a few EPs and this was one of them. This is before her monthly series where <laughs> she literally gave us an EP each month. We say that on every episode she talk, we talk about her on because that's crazy. And <laughs> they were good. So I don't know. I just really appreciate what she did on here. Ninja and Play are the songs to listen to for sure. But I got time for I Used to Love You. I got time for Sad and Blue. Sad and Blue kind of give me that A. Marie vibe a little bit. I mm, I have no notes. None. It was a vibe. Mm-hmm. And not in like a cheesy or a corny like way. Because vibes can be annoying after a while. Right. But... I guess I feel like vibes are annoying when the vibe not going nowhere. Yeah. Like the vibe has to take you on a ride still. Mm-hmm. I need a cosmic you know girl. Solange. Yeah. Yeah. It still got to take you somewhere. A better place. A better land. <laughs> Next up for me, y'all know I love this project. SZA, see SZA run. Since 2022, well, really 2023 because the album came out December of last year. So 2023 is the year of Solana, period. No way around it, whether you live or you don't. Bow and kiss the ring. It is her year. And I think because it is her year, it only makes sense that everybody go back to the beginning. very first EP. Because baby country... Time Travel Undone, Advil. Advil. Oh. <laughs> I'm crying because you didn't realize how much you will be staying in this episode. But Dad, Euphraxia, Once Upon a High, like, I really. <sighs> yeah. I get this it. project is forever and 
always. <laughs> I want to sleep beside him. There's like, I feel like anybody that say that SZA cannot sing or that's under the sound of my voice that feels like SZA cannot sing. Under the sound oh. of my voice is nuts. <laughs> Hershey boo. Real bad. <laughs> Please go back and listen to see SZA run. Like, Dog can sing, and and the Brandy influence is so real on this project. It's so real on this project. I'm telling y'all, like, please tap in, tap 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 in. Knock knock knock! Don't stop knocking. So, <laughs> my introduction to Scissor was Teen Spirit, and Teen Spirit was a Lucy that came out in between C Scissor Run and S. Mm-hmm. And it made me go back again, SoundCloud. Wow. It made me go back and really be like, who the fuck is this girl? And it was Ceases a Run that made me know it. I was like, oh, I'm going to every concert. It's a wrap. It's like the way that she forms, and I think I think this about SZA now. The way that she I know we give her a lot of flack for like the singing and cursive and all of this stuff, but once you like break the barrier of sound with her and you hear what she's saying in certain songs. Mm-hmm. Like she, I want SZA to write a book. No shade. I really want SZA to write a book because what do you be talking about and why do I identify with it? And you saying words like, I don't know. You know how Mariah Carey just will put a SAT word in a song? Because SZA, it might not be as like collegiate, but it'd be like, now how did you fit that in there? Mm-hmm. That the pen, scissors, pen, pencil, notepad need to be framed, laminated, <laughs> put in gold medal honors. Like I don't know. Like she, <laughs> I'm glad that she's having the year that she has. But I do mm-hmm. need people to go back to the beginning. Hillary Duff said, "Let's go back, back to the beginning. Do it, <laughs> do it, nigga." <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that song is when she's like, see it, bitch. Those <laughs> <laughs> so come with a cast. Please. Oh my God. I would lose my mind. But yeah, I love those projects. And to your and to your point, like the lyrics just are like, ah. like when she says on oh, time travel undone, she's like, I'm I'm tired of time travel. I just want to be here with my thoughts. I just want to live how it should be. What it is. Can I get a heartbreak? Can I get a heartbreak? Can my heart get a break from the mess? And I love to play on words. It's like, can I get a heartbreak? Like, can somebody come ruin me? But then also, can my heart get a break from all the things? Like, That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And what I took from that was, I'm tired of so much of the stillness that I wish I could be even stiller. Mm. Can I get a heartbreak? Can I need something to happen. It's too... Look, what, what Chris Brown said, I need to feel something. Listen, and I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, in country, this here is an epic tale of a broken mind. It's in the lyrics. We give we give that lady so much flack. Like we, she was in Muse with the News, and I'm talking about I don't believe her. I don't know what's about to happen. But once it happened, I'd be with it. Like she's never put anything out where I was just like, eh, no, I'd be with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the what she says in country. And where she is 11 years later, I love, because she says, so 
um, at the end of the song, she says the same refrain over and over, and she'll say, one day I'll live and tell the tale. One day I'll tell the tale of how I lost my mind. One day, if I live, I'll tell the tale. And it's like, 11 years later, look where she's at. Mm-hmm. You can't do nothing but, like, go up for that. Yeah. You gotta pay. Uh! <laughs> Not you falling out. <laughs> Because, like, the girls be manifesting their life. Mm-hmm. Real bad. Yeah. Real bad. And and country will always be, I'm, I'm like, a thousand percent sure will always be my favorite scissor song. It, I mean, and now weird. it hit even more, thinking about the lyrics and the kind of years she had. hmm Putting mm-hmm. things into perspective when you've spent a lot of time with the artist will really make you like them so much more. Mm-hmm. because you're going on the journey with them as a fan. And like we talked about emotional attachment to music earlier today. Some of these songs are touching girls in ways that you might not feel, but mm-hmm. you can still resonate with what's going on for right. her. Right. That's everything. Mm-hmm. That is everything. I'm about to be ghetto. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that y'all have given this title to Bryson Tiller. I know that some of y'all have maybe even given it to Black, and I'm a big Black fan. No, you love him. I actually, like, love Black. But out of, like, the melodic rap girlies, (laughs) Party Next Door is sitting high and looking Looking low. Fuck low. Well, that's because he can actually sing when the auto-tune is off. Can. Seen him live a couple of times, was impressed. Went down to the unreleased music, had some bops. Put out that first EP, I'm still there. And that's what I want to talk about. Party Next Door 1, my introduction to him in 2013, changed my life. I was like, are y'all listening to what this man got to say? Because the way he puts, like, nigga shit in words, but makes it pretty, I'd be like, huh? And then the way that he like leans himself to that gray area between rap and R&B, I don't think that nobody really do it better than him. I feel like a lot of the guys have gone in one direction. There's either they've transformed into just a rapper or they are trying their best to hold on to the singing. And he kind of flows in and out of it so seamlessly that I can't help but stand. There are no skips on this. I feel like my list might be kind of on skips. That's cute for me. Welcome to the party. Open up the album. Open up the fucking album. Wild bitches. You got wild bitches telling me lies. Relax with me. Relax with me. Right now, he said, you could be his forever, baby, but tonight you're mine. What? It don't even sound that deep as I say it, but I get it. Like... His capability to make fuckboy things sound righteous <laughs> is probably a character flaw for men on loss. <laughs> but the way that he does it in music, I just, I have no notes. And I, I think that his first project is probably my favorite. And then you get down to the break from Toronto with the Dozen, dozen, dozen. Girl with the tattoo sample. What are you talking about? Y'all know how much I love Miguel ass. <laughs> so 
So why would you even put him in anything that you do? I'm automatically at your beck and call. Jerron, his name is Jerron, if the niggas don't know. Let me read some of these right now lyrics because I just like when niggas talk their shit in a way that make, he say what he's supposed to say. I'm going to just say that. He say what he's supposed to say in a way that I could see why the girls' lives be ruined. Yeah, I see it. Because all you got to do is, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. I really don't even know what to say because the more that I'm talking about it, the more I'm like, this is actually bad. I shouldn't like this. If somebody says some of this stuff to me, I'll probably steal them in their face. But if I was to say it, it would be a different set. And I like that. I think that, I don't know, maybe it just came down to it being my era of mischief and like my running through Atlanta a little bit. When this came out, I was like newly single. I kind of like needed this album. And I was like, oh, wait, you're going off PND. Let me read something. Because you the baddest in the game right now. You could have had a whole thing if you came right now. Quit fucking with them lames right now. I could put you on some games right now. Yeah, yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> Honestly, you took the words out of my mouth, party. Buffy can relate. <laughs> <laughs> he said you could be his forever, baby, but tonight you're mine. Yeah. Listen, I've been there. Just let your pussy talk. Don't let this feeling fade. Girl, cut them bitches off. They ain't got shit to say. They don't. Oh, my God. I'm done. <laughs> Break from Toronto, honestly, alone, could have made me fall in love with this man. But oh. I think that he got a little darker after this. And that's probably why I sit with this album the most. Because it got a little too reckless. But he still finds a way to bring it back home. Because even... <laughs> Come and see me for once. Come and see me for once. You don't ever come to me. Why do I always have to come over there? <laughs> come and see me for once. For once. Yeah, I got time. I'm ready for him to come back too. Rihanna needs to unchain him from the engineer board. Put him back in the street so that we can get something new. He just recently did drop a few songs. But I need like... Party next door four or five or whatever number we on because he be putting music out. But he took a break after work, it feels like. Then came back with the little believe me, we needed to hear a little piece of Rihanna. I can run me down to a little piece of Rihanna. <laughs> I can take me a little Rihanna. Take me a little Robin Fenty. But I'm I'm ready for like a full length from him. I'm ready for like a little bit of a small city tour. Like, I don't know. You don't gotta do too many dates, just come to come and see me for once. The fuck? Sister <laughs> <laughs> got a remix of that that I like too. And Erica Badu. Oh, yep. Erica do got one. Mm. Oh, you about Next to up for me is, and I can never take a day off. Uh. Uh, 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 not one from loving you. You never had to take a day off. Same. Good, good loving. Good, good loving. He, da, da, da. You know, you're trying to get away, but I'm somehow. He, da. I'm partner. Y'all got to see her right now. 
004 Daisy Dixon. I know we talked about this project a lot when it came out last year, but y'all did not, not y'all, the listeners, but the world still needs to go back and tap in. That project was so great. Dixon is an amazing artist. I was so excited because he opened up for Jill Scott in Philly, and I know he did some other cities for the Jill tour, so people got to see him. Um, and he actually was on the reality show, one of them singer contest shows. He was on The Voice a long time ago, yeah. The Voice, yeah. So um, I love it. And he has a song with Tinashe on the project. I really just want to have a reason to talk about Tinashe. I'm lying. I actually really for <laughs> Daisy. I listen to the project all the time. Like, it, it's an album I go back to a lot. So I just wanted to, you know, nudge the girls and just bring it back to, you know, it's only a year old, but still go back and, t- and tap into the project. He also has an album that came out before that India Sean is on. So tap in, tap, tap, tap in. I also want to say really quick about Dixon. I think that he is one of those artists that you have to go see live too. Mm-hmm. Because of course his music is great. I love his sound, but the things that he can do vocally yeah. You wouldn't know what it really give unless you see him live. That Absolutely. thing can sing. Like, and I mean, church taught everybody how to run, growl, sings high, low, like goes up and down the scale. Like he can really sing. Mm-hmm. He is one of like the top new male vocalists to me, even though I wouldn't consider him new just because of how long he's been working. And if you want to be familiar with things that he's done, he's up and through Renaissance credits. So the taste level is there too. And I Mm -hmm. like that. He did a like small R&B night thing that Rock Nation did here. Thanks, Rock Nation. Definitely went. (laughs) It was him, Maida, and Ombre. I was passed out in a corner by the time they was done with me. I, mm, them three, is everybody all right? I'm asking for me because I'm (laughs) Yeah, and he sang some new music that night, too. So I'm really excited to see what he comes out with next because I've worn Daisy out. (laughs) Out. Okay. The choir and the competition are. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Dixon. So Hadley and the Street Dreams, girl. Miss Solange. So Angel. Yeah. (laughs) And that ain't even the album I want to talk about, but that could go on this list, too. (laughs) Yeah, because the girls wasn't listening would have been the one. And you don't know. Mm. You feel many spaces. Baby. Wow. Mm. We're not here to talk about that, but we'll be listening to that once we wrap. So long as when I get home is what y'all thought the Woke album was. Mm-hmm. The visual behind it, the story, the rollout, the like it was just like, oh, what the fuck? I was like, you did that, Almeida? Listen. Down, down, down. Listen. It's the this, girl, y'all wasn't listening. It's this private snap that I follow. And he always be filming the content to the Solange. And I'd be like, I love a butt and a taste level. That is great. (laughs) People need to know good music, no matter what medium they celebrate it in. I support the cause. (laughs) Good night. If you fall out, like you knew I was not going to say that. 
No, so, yeah, people definitely slept on on when I get home. And I feel like when we were talking about when it first came out, I was like, oh, girl, you being so different. And then I sat with it that, through that weekend, and I was like, this is one of the coolest albums I've ever heard in my ever, life. Ever, ever, ever. And, you know, I think I'm too cool for school, so I want my soundtrack to give this. <laughs> down, 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 down. Way to the show. Uh, wow, sound of rain. Sound of rain. I love when you only know it's a Neptune's track because of the four beats. Uh-huh. Outside of that part, I would not have known. I love when they stretch themselves for projects like this like it was so experimental but it still sounded like Solange mm-hmm. and I think off of the tales of what was that what was that album called as good as it gets no what a seat at the table a seat at the table <laughs> as good as it gets that's uh sex of the city <laughs> uh, where yeah whatever you was on planning him just now <laughs> <laughs> a location I just think that it's a very, very similar. Now I can't talk because I am a planning ham. It's a very similar situation as self-titled versus lemonade when it comes to a seat at the table versus when I get home. When I get home is the doll, but a seat at the table got more critical acclaim and all of that mm-hmm. simply because of the I'm black and I'm proudness of it, which. She does it in a way that I don't mind. So, like, I still like that album. I like the tweet part. I like the Kalela part. Like, I don't have an issue with the album at all. I thought it was great when it came out. But the lack of that that this album got, got on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Because this one is the standout. Like, Solange, come back to us. <laughs> Mama was only in a couple clips in that renaissance. I want to see my doll. Was she? Only it's like only a couple pieces of home video where they show her face. She wasn't like in the footage footage. As an adult? Yeah, like they didn't film with her for that. It doesn't oh. seem. But when Beyonce clips in little like like she's on the back of a um jet ski. Oh, when they went on jet ski, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only real time I felt like you saw her face. Mm-hmm. And there's rumors, fables, fiction, false tea about all of that as well. And I don't really know what to believe, so I'm just waiting for her. Because we ain't got nothing since that ballet and then them glasses. <laughs> glasses. I was waiting for you to yell glasses. <laughs> Mary. She's like, glasses. Mary is nuts. <sighs> um, mm. Okay, so I only have two left. Um, my next to the last Tiffany Evans 2015 All Me EP. Tiffany Evans is uh, most people know for singing Promise Ring with Sierra bopping in the video, but she is grown. She's an adult. She is actually currently in an Ashford and Simpson duo situation with her man. And I still need to take the time to really dive into those projects, but her kind of like solo return to music was All Me 2015. Open the track on site, Fetty Wap. First of all, 
my cut. First of all, the song itself is bomb, like a whole true bop. But then Fetty floated on that joint so crazy. On site is one of my favorite songs. Going only late, cause I've been waiting. If you are a dancer, like if you are a real dancer, like a chore, if you are someone that loves choreography, this is a song that you dance to for choreography. Me and Dre stand. <laughs> Connect her. <laughs> a through line, Connect her. I don't even know her. Put you on is also a, a um make up a dance with your cousin song. <laughs> Stephanie, please end the show. Oh my god. <laughs> TMI. Stuff do be too much information. Ooh, we should make them pay per view. Might <laughs> be like TMI. That now I love playing um Tiffany Evans TMI and Sierra DUI. Cause they got the same vibe. I mean to make you choke on the hookers. Tiffany <laughs> <laughs> Evans, TMI, and Sierra DUI in the middle of a highway. Write the song Elijah Blake. Oh! <laughs> and I know we talk about not liking songs. People write about their kids, but a hundred percent. Is in the same vein as many represent loving you, where you think she's talking about her man, but then at the end the baby start gurgling at the end. You like, dang, let's talk about her baby. But this song is perfect. A hundred percent is a perfect song. It is so beautiful, and the things that she says, especially when you realize she's talking about her child. Mm-hmm. She had her first kid at that point, and she was like, um, she says in the song, hold on, I, I want to read it because that part was like a dagger to the heart, like, damn, sis. Like, um, hold on. She said, oh, when she says, I was so afraid of you, didn't know what you do if I let you through, but now my heart beats out my chest just for you. I needed you. And like, when I first saw it, I thought heard it. I thought she about a man. I was like, "Wow!" Like I need somebody this dramatic about me, <laughs> and I still do. Be dramatic about me. I I was saying to a, a gentleman the other day that yeah. my deal breaker is if somebody the person is not obsessed with me. That is a deal breaker. That's what I'm if you're about. if you're not obsessed, what are we doing here? <laughs> but then just knowing it is about her child, her first child, and it's like having a, a your first kid is and like a really crazy situation so to be like you know I was so afraid afraid of this experience and I didn't know how it would change me I didn't know how I was going to pay these bills because cause they care high I didn't know you know this would affect my career but now my heart's beats on my chest just for you I needed you like what 
Um, and I love that she she did balance and she did the hard dance songs. I just love this project so much. Tiffany Evans, come on the cast. Yeah. And I think that time frame was special for her, not only because of the baby, but because of things that she had been through in relationships prior. Like, you know, I'm dance community, so we was just hearing stuff in the studio about her, and I was just like, my God, mm. today. So to see her overcome and then have the baby through it and write something so pretty about it, so it didn't pretty. even did. Like how I say that I don't need blue on the Beyonce self-title album, 100% is a perfect way to fade out that era, I feel like, for her. It was so nice. Such a pretty song. Shout out to Tiffany. Yeah. We both about to go off about this, but Baby Faces Ladies Night Out is still a problem for me. And I... Oh, where were y'all at? Where were y'all at? We needed a girl to buy the album. <laughs> What's the, Grammys, the Grammys recognized it. The Grammys recognized Ladies Night Out. They got a piece of nomination. <laughs> because it's a small piece. They didn't they didn't go as far as they could have, but they got a piece. It had singles. It had he was kind of promoting it. He did his tiny desk. He was down to the RB money. Like he did, I feel like what he usually does. LMA did their song together at the BET. Exactly. And it just fell on deaf ears or something because they hit all the girls. We say this every time it comes up. Every one of the girls is on it. He even had Young Baby Tate. And that's all one of my favorite. Like, yeah. Straight through bops. I don't even need to list them. There's a song with Ari. There's a song with Coco. There's a song with Young Baby Tate. There's a song with LMA. He had everybody on there. Isn't there a song with Queen Naja? It sure is, and that song is bomb. Yeah, like people sleep on Queen Naja, but the vocal core is sustained. I mm, we've talked about it enough. At length. Yeah. And my last one is the dream. Well, actually, this project was under his real name, Terrius Nash, <laughs> This came out in 2011. Baby. Hits. Christina Milian, he said, Sister Counter Days. <laughs> I feel like he, I'm not supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> he ate this lady up so bad on this project. He was pissed. Whole time, he was cheating with a girl from Philly. I did not, I got this news that the girl's from Philly very recently. Some little, some little young Spanishy type John. That's you that's know. my age. You know what? And Christina Milian. I got some on the ground reporting. I know somebody that know her. Oh God, not OGR. Christina Milian mm-hmm. is Waldorf finest. Oh, she from Maryland. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. girl County. Well, Waldorf is actually Charles County, but still. Muse gonna know the lines, the the the, <laughs> the state lines, and he don't know nothing else. Okay, I'm not this is only urban the, planning children. I'm not only the mayor of DC, I am the map of DC <laughs> and surrounding areas. Okay, <laughs> but um, yeah. So on songs like "Wake Me When It's Over," "Used to Be," "Long Gone," "Wedding Crasher." Um, he was pissed. And I, I there is this genre of R&B that I love that doesn't really exist in the same way now when men would make songs 
about the women just really hurting him so bad and like just them being pissed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like another song would be like a No More Shopping Sprees or Ideal Get Gone. No Songs more. like that where men be like, or or Avant Separated. I know it's gotta be. Like those songs of the men is like, you know what? I have gotten to the end of my goddamn rope with you, lady. <laughs> pissed at the highest level of pissivity. Listen, and Ghetto is one of my favorite songs with Big Sean. I'm not that much of a Big Sean fan for rapping, but his verse on here was so good. And at the end, he does the demo of Dance For You. And this is 20, 2011, so... And I love the way he does it. Rolex is Corey's favorite song, Ghetto, with this girl <laughs> named Pasha. <laughs> um, Wish You Were Mine. I can't do nothing. I love production that just fills my ears up. Where it's like the bass is so thick that it just you know how you feel when you be on when you about to get off the plane <laughs> and it just your ears be full as hell. Huh. That's how my ears so I listen to Wish You Were Mine and I love that. Like the bass is so heavy on that song. And I love any song where a man is like pining and whining and crying about wanting to be with somebody. Um, and then another song that I really love that I want to shout out is Real with Pharrell. Pharrell verse is so crazy on that joint. Yes. And when it turned into a rock song at the end, Terry's taste level and this, I, I feel like, okay, I'm going to say something really crazy. I'm glad you prefaced. There was a recent uh, celebration of his first album. Uh, I forgot what, I think maybe 15 years of his first album, maybe. That sounds right. I did not feel that first album. What? It was like, okay, to me. Okay. So and like, and now, and now to me, that those, the singles from it are a burnout. Like, I'd be like, I don't, I could, I could be so good never hearing I Love Your Girl ever again. And that is one of my all times. Purple Kisses, Love no, now I wasn't talking about Miss Purple Kisses, baby. I said the album in totality. There are some girls that can stay, and one of them is Miss Purple Kisses. <laughs> but I love your girl all the time. I do not need them songs. Like, no, I do. Play it in your hair. And that's, like, not my set. I hate when people even assume. But <laughs> your hair is the doll. That wasn't my type of time. I really got on Dreamline bad love versus money. Because when love is the problem. I mean, I'm with you when you write because I like all of the Dream's work. Hmm. But the introduction that that first album gave, iconic. I'm sorry. Taking away is iconography. I'm not taking away that it changed music. I'm just saying for me, I was just okay on it. Do you like, think feel, because, do you think it's because we were in Atlanta and kind of like inundated with it? No, I just didn't think it was as lit as the other shit that we was hearing. For me, it just wasn't. I mean, it was cute, but I wasn't. But the way that I respond to um, I don't know, something on 1977 or the way I respond to Sex Intelligent, I don't respond to those songs on the first album the same way. Like, to me, I just feel like the older, mu the, the more recent music just packed more of a punch 
to me. I think that that first album, though, is a defining moment in Black history. It's a defining moment for our age group. Mm-hmm. But when people make it like that's his best album, that's why I know y'all don't really listen to The Dream. Because there's no way... That I can... I can definitely see you being over people being like, that's his best work. Because what are you comparing it to and what is your knowledge of him? That would make me question that. Because I'm just like, I'm, I'm looking through the discography and I'm like, uh, Love versus Money, Love King, Foreplay, Foreplay. Love You to Death. For fucking... Like, those are love you to death. Did I say that already? Menage Twice, one, two, and three. I'm just like. Now that, I want to, we need to have a very deep conversation about that. <laughs> Different episode. Mustang? Oh, what? Go ahead. Uh-uh. So I just feel like people be like, oh, just the dreams, number one. I'll be like, it's cute, but y'all clearly ain't listened to the rest of the stuff because. Nothing on No Shade, Love, Hate is sitting next to Sex Intelligent. None of them songs on Love, Hate is sitting next to On the Regular. On the fucking, okay. There's nothing on Love, Hate that is sitting next to Rihanna Flex. I mean, you're not not naming... Everything you're naming is a slapper, so... (laughs) I hear you. I I I still stand with the debut, but I, I do you you got some points. Brownie. <laughs> and that's me, 1977. Check their project out. It is so good. He lies on that on that album because he say he's gonna drop a project called Love Affair June 7th, 2011, and he does not do that. <laughs> he does nothing of the sort. <laughs> yeah, six, seven, twenty, eleven. I'm gonna drop that love affair. Did he drop the love affair? It was just a regular oh, yeah. day. Ain't nothing happening. But yeah, that's that's it for me. Those, are, I mean, of course, I have more. And yeah. we're gonna we're making this a series, so we're gonna be doling out our songs and our, I mean, our albums that y'all need to run it back to. So keep y'all eyes out. Muse, take take us home, doll. So we can eat. <laughs> it is I'm saying it as my stomach is sitting on my thighs. Child. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely time for a munch and a crunch. But my last project, y'all. Mr. Road James, first of all, come get behind these microphones with us. That is a wish of mine because he another one that I feel like helped change music in a way that people don't talk about. But this initial series of EPs, he had three EPs. One was called Coke, one was called Jack, one was called Cadillacs. And of course, my internet dweeb ass has one project called Coke, Jack, and Cadillacs on my iTunes right now. I'm looking at it. The way that he starts off with various interludes of other people that are unsung in the time of music that he put this out at as 
correspondence almost to talk about how much they like love the era and like what it's doing and like they used to be called the jackets like everybody that's on this album is Bridget mm. Kelly, Luke James, of course Ro James and Winter Gordon. They had this little cute songwriting industry collective called the jackets and he gave them each a, a interlude. Mm. So one occupies each EP. But then as we get into the music, hmm. not, only, not only do you have your friends on here standing, which I love, gloat about me. <laughs> Every day, though. <laughs> Pledge allegiance. Mm-hmm. When I first heard this song, I was at a loss for words. And y'all know I'm a talker. <laughs> I just, the, the way that he sets up his music, like, when we talked about those newer male artists that are kind of like occupying our headphones today and how even if their vocals are not as astute as some of the singers of yore or like people that are clear inspirations of them, the way that they attack the music is so reminiscent of that era and they make it sound new that it make us like them. He was doing that in a very indie way with the vocal to match. Like, when I think about Roe James, I think about Miguel first coming on the scene and how alternative sounding his music was. And I don't mean an alternative R&B kind of way, but I, I mean, like, you could tell that these guys are inspired by, like, the Freddie Mercury's of the world. Mm-hmm. Or even in some categories, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, they pull sound from every aspect of music and it still be R&B. Roe James is the best at it to me. Mm, I agree. We on, I feel like that was one of the single <laughs> Stephanie caught the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now we on. Now we on. It's just now something so cool about it. Like, I feel like it's really sexy. It's sexy out. That is one thing I can say about Ro James that I miss. Sexy. I miss how sexy his music was. Like and not even in like a I want to have sex kind of way, but in like a I just feel bomb as shit. And I know I'm twirling this room right now. Like <laughs> I think the most confident I have ever been ever when his music was, and I'm already a little like delusionally confident anyway. He just <laughs> add to that. Like it's putting 10 on 20 for me personally. I live <laughs> for Ro James. If you another do it one. Right, you can rob me one more time. Now we on. And we on. And what are we not? Off. <laughs> Riding in my El Dorado, baby. That, now, that is an album. I was like, let me take them back further first. But yeah. El Dorado is definitely going to be on the next episode that we do like this. Indiana Jones. Woo! Music. <laughs> Music. It is something about... I'm, I'm saving a specific song for last. I'm going out of order, but it is something about his ballads and his mid-tempos that I just feel like cannot be copied. I don't... Ro James do something to me. Us. Okay, fair. <laughs> Remind me of me, 84. Oh. Like, <laughs> I can't even get through the list. <laughs> Remind me of me? Excuse me? And here's where I identify. Of course I want you to remind me of me. Like, 
like, fuck this shit. I ain't calling your phone no more. <laughs> because we're livid. We're perturbed. I think about certain traits rubbing off on your partner in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something also to be said that like being courted with equal intensity or coming as hard as each other or both cools matching. Like it's something mm-hmm. very important about that to me when it comes to courtship and like dating and like just niggas. So <laughs> for him to put that in song, I was like, this sounds like what I want people to sound like. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is how you are supposed to go get the number. This is how you are supposed to exchange the Instagram because you awesome shit. Like this is how you like, I was like, he think he mean, what's going on? I live. <laughs> and, there, and there's like a 70s energy to the music he makes as well. And mm-hmm. like, he'll do it in reference. He'll do it in sound. Like in Remind Me of Me, he say she a stone cold thing. Feather mm-hmm. in her hair. Mm-hmm. Even drive a caddy with a diamond in a bag. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he just, he is so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. It. And I, I think that in a famine of cool, that's what... <laughs> That's what attracts me to his music because he talk his shit like I like shit to be talked. He can sing. He can dress. Like, he just got all of the pieces of what male R&B should be like. Like, mm-hmm. when we started working on St. Well, you started before me, but when we were doing St. Heron, he was a case study for me on one of my pieces because out of all of the new kids in R&B at the time, whether they had standing in the industry beforehand or not, I was like, y'all need to pay attention to him because mm-hmm. it's getting away from this and he's bringing it to us with a new flavor that should be looked at closely. Like, <laughs> I don't know what all of y'all are doing and I, I see it and I like some of it, but this is like flipping that on his head and it's attractive. It's mm-hmm. like... You make me want to listen to you. You make me want to, I don't know. You know how I said that I felt like Lucky Day doesn't make men want to be like him? Mm-hmm. Oh, James music make me want to like, oh, I'm using some of these words when we. <laughs> you, you said know? but men definitely latch on the Lucky's every word, but men, straight men do. Interesting. Because that's, that's who I was talking about. I was like, I, I couldn't really see that, but. You, they hang on to every word this man say. I love because, that experience. Because he, he makes music for men. He don't make necessarily music for... Like, men just feel what he's saying. It's like he's a spokesperson. Mm. But I get where you're coming from. Like, you wouldn't say stuff that Lucky say. No. But you would say stuff that Rose say. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's something a little more... Like, it's kind of interesting that we are having this piece of the conversation because I feel like Ro James is more aggressive than a Lucky. For sure. But maybe that's why I identify with it. Right. Perfect. Live for that. Because Bro James is going to control the situation. He going he gonna to shake the room. Yeah. Like the way, the way he dressed, the way he carries up, the way he walks, right? He going to shake the room. He going to be the guy that everybody like, who is that? Like, like, where Lucky, yeah. Lucky will come in the room, let's assuming might be like in a corner off to himself, just kind of peeping the scene more so. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Probably being like, man, I wish I wish I was with my girl instead of being at this function. 
Like, that's the vibe Lucky would, would do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was having my old lady, my little yeah. And I think that there's something really, really cool about the way that Lucky does that, too. And I think that he's a person that also can command attention and, like, can dress and, like, do all of these different things that I do think are very important when you're a star, right? But it's the, the relatability in the way that Ro does it for me. I just want to end on Adidas. All day I make it love. What do you do, Steph? Make it love. <laughs> That's on part. Got to end this. Oh, baby. This you still going off wow. And how he beat up. Do. Like I can't fault you for it. That's <laughs> he came, that he churched that thing. He said the spirit of Fantasia came to the studio. It's like, I don't know, it's something about the rasp and the growl, like the way he pronounced his words. And then the lyrics. I just be like like I am falling off of the stanzas, like drooling. He said, I see your face when I close my eyes. (laughs) When you're away, I write stories about you in my mind. Because this love is one of a kind all day I. Mm. When your lips touch mine, it only confirms I found true love in you. What I already already knew. It confirmed what I already knew. Sorry. (laughs) You're going off. That part is important. It confirmed what I already. I, well, what did uh, what did uh, 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 R. Ray say? Psychic. He said he's a psychic. He already know. <laughs> is I love black men with foresight. <laughs> black men in telepathy. <laughs> this is the funniest show out. I don't I don't know like the the artists that Ro James takes from and reminds me of are the ones that I think that I am. Like they kind of embody a similar I don't know cuz it's not necessarily aesthetic, it's not necessarily give, but it's just something in the way that they do everything. It's like their essence is what I'm attracted to like a Maxwell, a Lenny, a Miguel, a Roe, like, I get it. I get it. All, like, this three-part EP had me under the pew at church. And I must be back under again because I'm going to listen to Remind Me and Mean I'm going to fall down the steps. <laughs> like, Roe James music be having me by the collar. And I'm allowing it. Just feet dangling. <laughs> don't let me go <laughs> promise not to let me go okay listen yeah I I had to end it on road because I miss him listen oh. music is out been out been out I am so excited that we did this episode we've been talking about this episode for the longest oh my god and I'm excited to make it a series. So, you know, we talk fast, we talk crazy and all of that. So sometimes it's kind of hard to keep up with all the music we're talking about, but it's going to be on our Instagram every 
So post, we will have our, in case you missed it, spin the block songs for y'all to tap into. And yeah. Wow. What an episode. This literally could have been like a five hour conversation because I'm still thinking about more albums I want to talk about. But we're going to break it up for y'all because listen, Hungry. It's going to be a continual series because it's just so many amazing projects that have been coming out. So many artists have been consistent in their output and they deserve their flowers. And that is what the size does. We're sizing. This is our mission statement. This episode is literally our mission statement. Nah, for real. Especially because the speed and the rate that everything is coming out, I kind of can't expect people to keep up. Like you said, mm-hmm. I kind of. It's hard for us to keep up. Like you mentioned some stuff, not even necessarily on your list, but just in the talk where I was like, damn, I do need to go back to that. Like me. And I'm on the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's the show, honestly. (laughs) So, yeah, I can't wait to keep doing this. This episode is long, back, boot, be angle. But y'all gonna listen. Y'all gonna listen. Y'all love us. And we love y'all. So, till next time, friends. Wow. A show. Peace.